Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 333 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host, for the next couple hours of intense game discussion. And alongside me to do that today is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. Sorry we had to Luna Luna left. She was fur- she's furious with the technical problems. <laughs> Sorry we had some uh, issues starting the show today. Just so you guys know, I had set up the TriCaster to basically take Matt and I's solo camera shots and record them separately from what you guys are seeing. The TriCaster can do all kinds of crazy stuff. But anyway, I set it up that way. Apparently I set it up wrong because it was not showing what you guys were supposed to see. It was only showing Matt's camera, mm-hmm. but it only showed chat. Yeah, on the, on the TriCaster, it said program output was the Sifted streaming soon logo. Yeah. Like, there was no indication that the, that the video was us. I'm a little nervous, honestly, that our recording may be lost forever um, for today. I'm really nervous now that some of the other stuff that I mess with may mess with the archive of this show. So there is a slight chance... That you guys will be the only people to see this episode of Game Face. I hope that's not the case because we have a great show for you guys today. Um, but unfortunately, I'm trying to get things set up so we can record for shorts, basically. I want Matt's solo camera and my solo camera separately recorded so that I can use that to cut together the shorts and the TikTok stuff that we want to do. Um, so, anyway, I probably should have messed with this another day instead of right before we're going to record Game Face. But that's what we did. Hopefully, it's all fixed. Um, Congram is asking if it would be recorded on Twitch. No, because we can't, we, do, we don't give the show away. So we can't set it up so it's archived on Twitch because then people who aren't patrons could watch the archive, archive immediately. So it's not archived on Twitch. We record it here on the TriCaster hard drive. So anyway, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we do have a great show for you guys today, by the way. Um, how have you been this week, Matt? All right. Not, not a lot. How have I been? I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just you know, playing some games, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, saw Creed three. Was that good? It was very good. It was very good. Yeah. Um, those are actually those movies are surprisingly good. It's a solid trilogy. Like mm-hmm. it's. Be- I think the new one's better than two. Not as good as one. Um, but yeah, I think the Creed movies are kind of like up there in yeah. terms of like that's a that's a rock solid trilogy. Like they're even- better than like the last couple Rocky movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Let's I mean, a lot of them are. Uh, well, no, Rocky Balboa is very good. Rocky Five is the bad one. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Rocky Four is cheesy jingoism, but the recut version makes it tonally fit with the rest of the series oh, really? really more, which is like there's really only one bad Rocky movie, which is Five. And it is um, bad. The rest are all like great to decent. And the Creed, you know, I, you know Creed One is stands up there. It's really great. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, like I mean, there's nine Rocky movies, and I'd say only one is particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, there's n- going to be the, they're working on the ninth Alien movie, and only two of those are good. So, right, like, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, look who showed back. up. <laughs> She's like, you got your problems sorted out. Yeah, now okay. I'll show up. <laughs> now, now there's people who can see me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Typical Hollywood. Yeah, doesn't want to show up until people can actually see her. But yeah, it's it's very good. Jonathan Majors is fantastic. As as always, like he's also the, the imp- amazing thing about Jonathan Majors in that movie is having just seen him as Kang in Ant Man. Oh, um, he is a completely different human being in this movie. I mean, I know actors are supposed to do that, but like his facial expressions aren't even the same. Like, there's a chance that if you've seen both movies, you may not know those are both the same actor. Like, he melts into Damien in this movie in a way that is just uncanny. Yeah, it's inc- he's incredibly good. He's Jonathan Majors is generally the best thing in anything he's in. 
Um, and he's definitely one of the best things in Creed 3, which you know, anytime you're one of the best things in anything that Michael B. Jordan is in, like, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, and Michael B. Jordan, I think, proves himself as a director in this one. Like, he, he gets some really cool ideas, really cool shots, differentiates it from, from the other Rocky movies, like, makes it his own. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, people were complaining and Stallone wasn't happy about them making this movie because he's not in it, but it's like... This is his franchise now, and like I think they can go some cool places now, or they could stop now, and that would be the end of it, and that'd be great too. But like, yeah, definitely see Creed two if you can. See it in IMAX if you can. They shot it with full IMAX cameras, full everything. I mean, it's it, the the boxing sequences are unbelievably well done in terms of like just presentation. Wow, so, didn't expect that. So check it out. Start today's show. Um, so here we are, just four days, five days after we did the last episode. Obviously, I was out. Uh, last Tuesday at my uh, friend's memorial back in Pennsylvania. So we did a show last Thursday, and here we are again on Tuesday, ready to do another episode. You may think, man, things are so slow right now. How do they have another episode ready? Yeah, it's only been like four days. Honestly, I don't know how we know. We do, though. We have a great episode well, today. There was, was a bunch of stuff that came out that we yeah. just didn't get to because of the VR Yeah, that's thing. true. Um, and also, I played PlayStation VR, too. Matt let me borrow his for the last, like, five days. And I have my impressions of that. Definitely going to be way shorter than what we did in last episode. I think we spent over over an hour mm-hmm. on PlayStation VR 2 in our last episode. So definitely, if you want the definitive uh, review of that, that's last episode. I've fiddled around with it now for, like, three or four days. Um, I'm going to deliver my impressions to you guys in today's episode as well. We also have a, several big games to talk about. Not bad at all. Uh, before we get going, there is some housekeeping. Um... This week, Matt, Phil Spencer felt it was necessary to publicly announce that if the Activision Blizzard deal does not go through, Xbox will still exist. I didn't think anyone was questioning that. Uh, me either. I'm like, who was dumb enough to think that it would go away? Did well, you see though that on social media? No, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there. I yeah. Mean, I'd like to think I've curated my social media feed well enough that people who are dumb enough to believe that would not would never show up on it. But, you know, Elon has fucked with the algorithm. So. Yeah. Um, that's bizarre to me that he felt the need to put that, that out is, there. Of all the things that I, I I don't know why anyone would think that. I mean, it's not like they're merging with they want to merge with Activision for their own survival. Right. Like I don't get it either. I was like that. Isn't that the whole argument that they're just doing that to be greedy? Right. Like, right. Like, well, <laughs> well, let's let's get into that a little bit more, because also this week. Microsoft kind of called Sony's bluff a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sony's been like trying to keep Microsoft from acquiring Activision Blizzard. Let's be honest, making up lame excuses for why the merger shouldn't go through Mm -hmm. that ultimately we believe is going to be ignored by the authorities anyway. So Microsoft was like, okay, well, if you really want to go down this rabbit hole, then we're going to need discovery from you. Meaning... They're going to ask for evidence from yeah. PlayStation you to claim help. all this stuff. We need to know that that's real. Is that true or not? And so they're like, all right, well, we need all the third party contracts that you have ever signed. <laughs> and PlayStation was like, oh, no, no, no. Well, you can't ask for that. And the court was like, oh, yes, they uh-huh. can. <laughs> let me see, let me see that Final Fantasy contract, <laughs> motherfucker, because like you stole that shit from Nintendo. <laughs> and was it turns in the out, same way. Well, it turns out, actually, the court kind of sided in the middle they were like no you are going to have to provide your third-party contracts but you only got to supply them from 2019 on which still playstation doesn't want to share that information. no especially with all the indie stuff yeah Yeah. it's like playstation didn't think this through no yeah now they got to show everybody what the call of duty deals are all the deals yeah yeah so i'm sure the call because like anything that was lead skew i mean maybe we'll find out when the xbox version of final fantasy 7 remakes coming exactly 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes away very, very quickly. If PlayStation's like, you know what? Okay. Let's sign that 10-year deal to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you rather have that and worry about that in a decade or, like, air all this stuff publicly? Yeah. So Microsoft calls Sony's bluff a little bit. It'll be interesting to Mm -hmm. see what Sony ultimately decides on what it wants to do. But yeah, they were playing it. They were playing the long game that the the judge wouldn't want to see that because it's you know not about Sony. Right. But like the problem when you're dealing with like these kinds of deals in this industry is it's an industry that a lot of legal people don't know a whole lot about. True. So the judge wants context. Yeah. And the way to get context is to look at what the other juggernaut is doing. Like if if you're saying. Microsoft is doing weird stuff. Let's see what you're doing, and if it's if it's substantially different, then we have a, a baseline to work from. So, yep. um, yeah, they got <laughs> they got kind of ho- hoisted by their own petard on yep. that one. That was uh, kind of. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of that stuff starts going away here in the near future, but we'll see. Um, also, a smaller story mm. from this week is that um, Hogwarts Legacy. The last-gen versions of the game, the PS4 version and the Xbox One version, have been delayed again. Matt, Mm -hmm. after how well the initial versions sold, I don't see them releasing the last-gen versions until they're perfect. Yeah, or until until sales have cooled off on the... Because, you know, I bet there's people trying to, like, buying PS5s for this. Yeah, I'm sure. But there's... They have some wiggle room now where they're like you know what we've mm-hmm. made a metric we've already turned a huge profit yeah, this, on this is game. definitely outperformed what they were expecting yeah. L- let's not mess it up by releasing broken last mm-hmm. gen version they're gonna they're learning the lesson from that cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. taught the industry basically well they can yeah and they can also do the thing where it's like once it all dies down you release the current gen the old gen stuff and you got a whole new market of people that can't afford the the, the new gen stuff that still want to play this game i mean i don't quite know how you fit this game on a the previous gen i don't either man um, i really don't know maybe how like a pro or a, or a or an x but yeah. like you imagine this running on a vanilla xbox one because i can't yeah i don't know what that looks like yeah um at any rate like uh yeah there's a second there's a definitely a, a potential for a second wave of sales from previous gen that's a huge mar- people don't remember like what kind of a huge market that is i remember back how many I- ps4s are out there now oh million I mean, how hundreds many tens of millions, of tens of millions? yeah <laughs> It's like, and there's a whole secondary thing where like people don't remember that like you know I work, I mean it's still there. I worked you when know, I worked in uh, you know, at the game store back in the late '90s. Like our bread and butter customers were people who were a generation behind. Yeah. Like they couldn't, aff- you know, they were they were working class families yeah. who couldn't afford um, the current hottest stuff, but they could afford like a PS One yeah. or an N sixty four. So now that their kids had the previous gen system, and they'd come in and and get all these used cheaper games. Yeah. Like there's a whole you know those, those games have lives. There's that a go big market forever. For it. People that, don't yeah. realize. Yep. That used to be what GameStop traded on. Now I think most of that trading is done online. It is. But like eBay and places mm-hmm. like that. Oh, speaking of speaking of the PS One days, I found out I was I was looking at like various weird games or unusual game few games people haven't heard of, and I lo- and I found one of my favorite maybe my favorite PS One game, The Misadventures of Tron Bon. Guess how much that goes for now? Five hundred bucks. I saw a sealed copy on eBay that had sold for sixteen hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> they start at five hundred dollars. Wow. That's it's insane. unbelievable. <laughs> and and Mega Man Legends isn't far behind it. And I'm like, Capcom, how is this the only series you have not re-released in some remastered form? Like, yeah. the, the, the hunger for the Mega Man Legends is real. Yeah, and yeah. they will not cater Sh- to it. Sneaky said you just described his family growing up. And it's not just you. It's no, a lot it's, of people grow up that way. It's millions and millions of, of gamers, of people. Like, that's how 
tons of prop maybe even the majority of people especially back in the ps1 ps2 days experienced games i grew up that way like i didn't get games year round like unless i bought them myself yeah. from mowing lawns like my dad was like i'll get you a game on your birthday and i'll get you two or three games at christmas yeah, pretty and the much. rest and the worst part was my birthday is in february mine too so like, right after christmas. if anything came out in june i had to wait half and a year to get Same like deal. you know, yep <laughs> eventually i did a couple of, i made a couple of deals i'm like i want to reserve a birthday present for like the summer in case a game comes out that i want and so yeah. that was how i negotiated that and that's also why i started working a paper route when i was 13 yeah me because too. I, wanted, I started working i needed, as, as young I needed as I money for the games <laughs> yeah. oh I'm sorry. Sorry. I just Luna. freaked out <laughs> That's hilarious. I grew up like that too, Sneaky. Like, I didn't have a ton of games. So, what I did was I coordinated with my friends. I would, one friend would have a Sega Saturn, I had a Super Nintendo. And we just took turns, like, loaning each other games, loading each other our systems. Um, You're not alone, man. A lot of people are that way. And a lot of people are still that way. So, you're absolutely right. Like, they have to get this game right, Hogwarts Legacy, on these other platforms. And so, I wouldn't be surprised if it's delayed again, and it doesn't even come out maybe until, like, the end of the year Yeah, for holiday season. Or do you even need it anymore? If they're having, like, actual trouble with it, do you right. even need is it, it anymore? Is it worth the work? Like the it pro- probably is, the pro- though. I don't know. The project might already be profitable. Yeah. So, oh, it is, definitely. So, like, they might, you know, they might not care. We'll mm-hmm. see. Warner Brothers is making some strange decisions these days, yeah, so. I agree with that. That's <laughs> for sure. Uh, another story. Remember the game Beyond Good and Evil 2? Remember that game, Matt? Yeah, it's, I, it's one of my most wanted games of all time. I just don't expect to ever get it. <laughs> uh, so this last month, or two months ago, it became the longest game in development of all time. It finally mm-hmm. passed. If you count that original teaser from whatever, whatever right. 2008 or whatever. I don't believe this game was in development then. I think it was off and on. I think they were like messing around with it, trying to figure it out. I mean, I think Ansel wanted to do it, but I don't think and i don't think this for a very good reason that it wasn't in development to like 11 2011 2012 probably it's um technically though from when it was announced still not coming yeah. out well that's the other thing they didn't announce that they just ran Put that out. as that was a next gen teaser that's thing true. it was like the final fantasy 7 ps3 thing yeah, yeah it was this isn't a game we're not it's not something we're doing we're just showing you this because we know what it was and we made it to show you what the system can do yeah that's basically what that was it didn't yeah. even say beyond good and evil 2 on it i don't think uh, yeah it was just it, a, it was just a video of page inhaling a fly yeah that's it <laughs> that's all it was so either way this game is uh, the duke nukem forever technically of, of it has sur- surpassed days. duke nukem forever now the last time we got a look at this game i believe it was 2017 matt I think this trailer we're seeing right now was released in 2017, and then we saw they did developer docs for a little while, and they, we have like some in-progress footage of the game that is very rough, mm. and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and some like, that stuff that leaked long ago with Jade running around on rooftops. Right, and, and now it's looking like its chances of coming out are slim to none. Because I don't know. I, I, whatever comes out is probably not going to be recognized. Like, somebody in there either really wants or needs this thing to exist because I don't understand why it's still in the, like, how do you, is this thing not canceled? Like, well, it just lost its it goes director. Through, it chews through directors like, I go through candy. Like, it's like, this like is there like some tax thing involved here did they get a loan from the canadian government that they, they'd have to pay back if they canceled the game like what's happening yeah something's up with well, this thing so one thing that happened was when ubisoft went through all that turmoil it started doing like 
studies with its teams. And this was one of the games. And basically they had like psychologists come in and talk to the people working on the game to figure out what was how the team was. And people took sabbaticals and never came back. Hmm. And so they have half a team. They just lost a director. They lost another major developer a few months ago that people didn't even know about. Is this game ever coming out, Matt? Probably not. It really seems like it's not. And if it does, it'll be years and years from now, and it won't even you won't it won't it you won't be recognize nothing it. Like it'll be something thought. else. It'll be com- completely different. Yeah. So it's not looking good. For I mean, this looks. I, I think this looks really cool. Like they put it out. Does. I mean, do, do I necessarily recognize it as Beyond Good and Evil? Not really. No. Beyond the Beyond the anthropomorphic animals in the sci-fi setting with people. Um, and obviously Paige is in there, but like, I mean, I think this looks really neat, like a, like a French space opera, like, you know, m- comic book relate. I mean, this is, this is neat. Yeah. Like, I love that all, I love everything about this. Me too. Yeah. Um, doesn't have to be, the game you can call it something else. Doesn't have to be Beyond <laughs> right. Good and Evil too. Just make this. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, it, it's, and it's one of those things you'd only get out of like the, You'd only get this look and this what they're doing here out of that French comic book inspired yeah. by mag- like that Valerian like kind of you know heavy metal magazine kind of thing like that's what it reminds me of and yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, just much like Skull and Bones, it's just like I don't know what you're doing, guys, <laughs> and I'm just not going to think about it until there's something to think about, basically. Yeah. And right now there's not, which is not good news. Um, another small piece of news for today's housekeeping: Gear Six staffing up and ready to rock. We've had lots of conflicting reports about the coalition and 343 and what they're doing and what they're not doing. Um, we had thought that maybe the coalition would move on to something else, but no, it is working on Gear 6. If you remember, we got this Unreal Engine 5 Gear 6 teaser, what, about 18 months ago? Yeah, Something like there. that? A long time ago. Um, so you'd imagine that the backbone of the game has been worked on for quite a while inside Unreal Engine 5, but who knows how long until the actual game is finished, but... It is going full steam ahead into production. Are you ready for another Gears game yet, Matt? Nope. Me either. Like, in two years I will be, though, which seems like that's when we're probably going to get it. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I think we will get I'm I'm not going to care. Yeah. I have, I'm over the Gears thing. Like, I, as, and like, I, I was talking, actually talking about this when, like, this kind of popped up a few days ago with some of my friends, and every single one of them said... If Game Pass wasn't a thing, I would never have played Gears Five. I think a lot of people were that way. Like, and I'm absolutely. And then, I, then someone had one of them had to remind me what happened in Gears Five because I didn't remember any of it. <laughs> and so, as soon as they mentioned the sledding, I'm like, "Oh right, like riding, yeah. pulling the sled around." Well, the crazy like sail-driven like boat that you. Piloted. Yeah, I just. I don't think it's in as dire straits as Halo, but it isn't the same problem with Halo where it's like the story's over. Yeah, now you told the story, do? and like they've done a better job of coming up with new, better new characters and more interesting ways to kind of twist things, but it's still the same thing over and over. And I just don't. It's it's weird because it's like I'm tired of the standard kind of gears pop, you know, cover pop and shot kind of thing. Yep, stop and pop. But like, if you change that too much, it's not gears anymore. Yeah. But also, like, I don't care about gears anymore. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I'm. I don't care anymore. I, I it's gorgeous. Like the the fourth and fifth ones looked like paintings they on four K four K TVs. Like they're gorgeous. But like I really liked Gears Five. Honestly, it, to me, it's Gears Five was really better. The best game in the series. It, <laughs> like, felt, it felt good to play. It's just not as fresh as it was when it first came out. But yeah, it's just I don't I don't know. Like I just don't feel like it has anything new to show me um, gameplay wise. And so and that's kinda, on the coalition. Yeah, and I'm kind of left with the story. And I don't know. I just you know like. 
And like, look at even look at the trailer. It's like they're getting weird with the mystical stuff, and like, there's a lot of like, so, yeah, there's a lot of like going out in the in the wilderness because of, well, you know, natural environments. The the modern Unreal engines do that really well. But like one and like you know all these giant things popping through and like that. But like one of the real hooks of the original Gears games was the you know that destroyed beauty nonsense, right? Yeah. Where like you were walking through the ruins of this what used to be a beautiful yeah. city, like, yeah. you know, the, and that's not really there anymore. Yeah. Like it's it, it does it could be anything now. It looks like almost you know if you you could you could swap out like you know out trigger or whatever outriders or whatever that is with some of this, outriders, and right. I wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with that. It has lost a bit of its identity over time, for sure. Yeah, and I think you're also... a Part of it is a victim of its own success in some ways, where it's like so many enemies in games are influenced by the Locust that now the Locust just sort of look generic. They're rote, yeah. Like, <laughs> Even though they were original. And it's not their fault. It's not out. Gears' yeah. fault, but yeah. like, yeah, I mean, because they, they made tons of... I remember Cliffy telling me about that specifically. He's like, they, they're big, chunky, beep, you know, big, chunky, beefy dudes because that's easy to shoot. Yeah, you know, it makes it easy to big to, target. Makes it easy to shoot them in the knee. It makes the them easy to make hit, it easy. Yeah, yeah, makes it easy to hit them center mass. It, ma- it makes it more challenging to headshot people. Like that, you know, they designed that for the time because that was what the Unreal Engine can do, and it was what made the gameplay work. Yeah, and now you're kind of stuck with that, and everybody else followed suit because it was in fact the right way to do that. And now it's like, yeah, just a bunch of big like pale orc Alien. motherfuckers. <laughs> it's sort of like everybody does that. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see. Um, but they are trudging forward. Instead of working on a new IP first, Gear 6 is on the way. Let's check in with you guys. Thanks, by the way, for those of you who showed up right on time and had to watch us fumble through trying to get the stream up and the show going. We appreciate that you guys were patient and didn't bail. I saw one person say, like, this is the first time I could show up for a live episode in months, and this <laughs> is what happens. I apologize. Um, Kevin Rafa, have you considered changing the intro video since Matt is not driving anywhere anymore? Yes. <laughs> we will have a new show intro coming. I'm not going to promise a date, but I'm working on it right now. I'm working on yeah. the concept. In the meantime, it. I do just drive around the block every time. Just to like, <laughs> it just so he feels like he's going to yeah. work. <laughs> but yeah, we're working on that. Surly Mexican, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime. We appreciate it. We appreciate everybody who does that. Um, Tiny Blip in History, I still use a fat PS4. Hmm. Uh, Sneaky says the Hogwarts PS5 bundles have been flying off shelves here. They're flying off shelves everywhere. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. it's a popular game that's doing very popular well. Popular game, plus, like, you can go buy a PS5 now. Yeah. Who cares what comes with it? Like, yeah. Uh, I bought a bunch, I bought some PS5s for people for as gifts or because they wanted them, and, like, they were, they were all the Horizon Forbidden West bundle, and nobody cared. Yep. Even if they didn't want the Horizon game. Yeah. There's, like, just give me the system. David5807, thank you for Twitch Prime. We appreciate it. Uh, let's see if we've got any others here. Everyone else, I think, is just... Lestevit, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. I think that's it. Oh, the McWomble. McWomble, I haven't seen you around for a while. I hope you're doing okay, man. I'm, I actually just thought about that the other day. I'm like, I haven't seen him on the site for a while. I was hoping that you're doing all right, and I hope that is the case. Uh, Lestevit, thank you for all the Tier 1 subs that you're gifting to all the great people in our chat. Wow, you dropped a ton. Holy cow, man. Thank you. 25. Tier one subs. That is awesome, man. Uh, and then El Guapo, YouTube, TikTok shorts would be sweet. We're working on it. We're working on all that stuff that I talked about when we first turned over the year. It's just, it takes time. We don't have a big team. Uh, so it takes a little bit of time to get all this stuff going, but eventually it will. Okay. Looks like we checked in with you guys. Let's see what you're up to. Now it's time to hear a word from our sponsor. 
LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. Go out and buy some LS cream right now. Go to creamls.com for a store locator. Go and get it. Support your fellow sifters. Support your fellow gamers. And with that... I really want the drink on the left in the picture with the three. Yeah. In there. yeah, I think they all look delicious. They all look man. good, but the one on the left is the one I. Yeah, they, well, they all look really tasty. Um, there are people out there that get very creative, especially in LA. You can go to bars mm. where the drinks that they come up with are oh, insane. Yeah. And then, granted, I mean, those look like something like twenty bucks. Those but, look like something you get at Disneyland. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like you get like oh, there's a just just a slice of cake on top of this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it looks delicious. Yep, go out and support your fellow sifter. A Cavar, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, and I think at this point we're ready to get on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off with a game I said I wasn't going to cover and I wasn't going to play because I had started playing it last week and it really turned me off. I stuck to my guns on this one. I did not. I changed my mind and I went back and I played it. And that is Wolong Fallen Dynasty. I am a sucker for Team Ninja. I, for whatever reason... They're not the same people anymore. They really aren't. Yeah. Um, but I still, for whatever They're reason... They're out making Wanted Dead now. Yeah, they are. And I'll say this. Wo Long is way better than Wanted Dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, way better. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like the de the, original, the other demo of Wo Long. I mean, even I'd go with that. Sure. Yep. Um, well, I said last time well, that Long's I... not even bad. I, I don't even think it's bad. I just thought it was too much like Neo, and I didn't particularly care for Neo either, so... I mean, it is like Neo. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. it, it's just a... It's basically just a reskinned Neo. I think it's more accessible than Neo, but it is very much in the same vein. Yes. Um, I'll say this. So, when I mentioned it in last week's episode, I was like, oh, I was playing it, and everything was going fine. Then I got to this tiger, and the tiger killed me 20 times, and I quit. That's true. Yeah, the tiger is apparently the hardest thing in the game. Like, well, no, it's the not. First, the, the first, everyone said the first boss, and the reviews are like, the first boss is really hard. But the tiger isn't the, the first tiger's boss. tiger's not the first boss? No. I, I think people thought I was talking about the first boss. I was not. I was talking about this tiger that you just ran into in the first, basically the first level of the game. One thing I've discovered is that this game is not an open world game. It ha It's very much yeah. like... Um, I don't know, like Gears of War level design. It's like cattle shoots, basically. But it does have some splinter areas that you can go off onto. And what had happened was I had went into one of those splintered off areas and found this tiger sub-boss that I probably wasn't supposed to fight. And I kept fighting him, and I kept fighting him, and I gave up eventually. Well, when I was like, all right, I'm actually going to give this game another chance, I went back to play it again. And I went, and I realized that where I was fighting that tiger was just this little loop that was completely irrelevant and there was no reason to fight the tiger whatsoever. So, much like Dark Souls and other games of this ilk, you can stumble off the beaten path and find a little alcove that'll have enemies that are overpowered and you probably shouldn't be fighting it. Now, for the record, I did go back and beat the tiger. 
Um, I, I wouldn't quit. I went back and I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to beat this damn tiger. And I did beat him. I think I had to fight him another 10 times before I beat him. But after I beat him, I realized that it was just pointless, that it was just this little side thing that I didn't even need to mess with. And I had actually not gone the right direction to go further into the level. The first thing I will say about this game is it is way easier than Neo. It is way, well, parts of it are. So I don't know if the intent was to try to make this more accessible, kind of like how Elden Ring was. It seems to be. But the rank and file enemies in this are much easier. Like I played Neo and I played Neo 2 and literally I think like the third enemy in both of those games just wiped the mat with me. That's not how this game is. Like the rank and file enemies that populate most of the levels aren't that difficult to beat. You don't have to be a master of, of the game to beat them. However, the other stuff is just as difficult as the Neo games and just as difficult as the Dark Souls games. So for example, the first boss fight that you come to in the game. I fought him, I don't know, 30 times, finally beat him, did the fist pump, was like, yeah, I got him. Nope. There's another version. Mm. There's a second phase of the boss after that. And I, it basically just broke my heart. I was like, what? I have to, this is the first boss. I have to fight him again? And he mutates into this far more deadly version of himself or whatever that I ended up fighting like another 50 times before I ended up beating him. So... You were saying there's rumors that the first boss is... The first boss is apparently the biggest difficulty spike in the game. It's insane. And, like, and like the following bosses are, like, way, way easier. The crazy part Almost is... all the reviews, even the posit really positive reviews said that. They're like, they're like, get past the first boss, it's bullshit. Like, get on with... You know, that, that, don't judge the rest of the game by that first boss. The crazy part about it, too, is that you... The second phase, if you chip him down to, like, half of his health, that's it. You only have to get him down to halfway. There's like, the, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a thing that you use that takes out the second half mm. of his health and you can move on. When at first, that second phase, like it literally, it like crushed my soul. I was like, what? I have to fight this guy again? I was like, screw it. I'll stick with it. It still took me like another 30 tries to get that other half of his bar down to actually beat the boss and move on. So absolutely. Now, I didn't play a ton after that boss fight. So I don't know if it does, in fact, get a lot easier, but I do know that just the moment-to-moment -moment enemies in this game are more like the enemies from, like, a Ninja Gaiden. They're tough, and they're fast, and they use all the abilities that they have intelligently, but you can kind of overwhelm them if you just spam, like, the attack. It's not like Dark Souls or Neo or any of the From Software games where you can't really get away with button mashing at all. Um, the story for this game... Basic, the basic crux of it is your village is slaughtered and you must get revenge. It's set in the Three Kingdoms era. Does anyone care about the Three Kingdoms era, Matt? In Asia, yeah. Here? It's, I don't know. It's, I don't care. Most people don't know what it is. Um, but no, it's it's the most popular not like novel of all time worldwide. You know, like just in terms of how many people have read it and care about that story. So it makes sense as like a touchstone. It'd be you know, I don't know. It's like. King Arthur, I guess, except no one cares about King Arthur here either. But like, it's uh, yeah, it's it's just like a, a, it's like a shorthand thing. You don't need to explain this setting to anybody in Asia, basically. It was just boring AF and completely uninteresting. And I just I do not care about the story in this at all. Like, I'm sure in Japan and the East, people care about it more. To me, this is a terrible set. When you look at the sales of the Eastern markets versus the Western market for console games. <laughs> Designing games for the Eastern market is dumb. It just is. Like, there's, you should be making, mm -hmm. if you care about making a profit and selling as many copies of your games as possible, 
You should probably be making games that appeal to the West. This, to me, does not appeal to me at all. I found yeah, no hook in the story. I, that it, you know, like, the Total War game for, based on Three Kingdoms did well. I mean, relatively speaking. For Total, Total War. Yeah. Like, Total War is making what it's done. I mean, Total War knows what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not... I mean, it doesn't do anything for me. Certainly not... It doesn't help this game be interesting to me. Yeah. But, like, at least it's not just more generic Japanese mythology like Neo was. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, you know, okay. I mean, I compare this to, like, obviously the benchmark is Elden Ring. And Elden mm-hmm. Ring doesn't have a overt storytelling, really. It's like, the more you have to, like, dig in to find the story. But at least the premise and the world and the people and the creatures in it are interesting. To me, this is not. So, I struggled to really care about the story, and, and the story struggled to pull me through the game. Like, eventually it just came down to, do do I like the combat in this game enough to keep playing because the story is definitely not going to keep me playing. No, I don't think any game of the Souls ilk is really going to pull you in by the story most of the time. It could someday. Maybe one day. But you're day, right. Most of them so have far. like non-existent stories. I don't understand why they can't make a good story in one of these games. It's really weird. Because it's not really what that what that subgenre is about. Yeah. I think eventually somebody will do it. Yeah. But it's certainly not what From particularly cares. I mean, From is not interested in spoon-feeding cinematic story in these games. Yeah. And nobody else is really attempting it either because it's not, you know, it's hard enough to make a decent combat system in these things uh, versus, like, you know, worrying about that. Yeah. You know, let Naughty Dog make a Souls game, I guess. Maybe. Get that. I mean, you are right. Generally, the people who play these games are more concerned about the combat, which is why I'm going to focus most of my discussion on this game about the combat. And what's most important about the combat is basically dodging and parrying. And when you do that, it lowers the morale of the enemy. And so enemies have, and you as well, you have your health bar, but then you also have the morale bar below it. And the objective is to lower their morale by dodging. As you do that, their meter goes down, and then you can deliver one of those mm-hmm. devastating strikes like you just saw a minute ago, where I jump on them and there's a big flurry of sparks and everything. That's how the combat works. You want to lower their morale, and once you do that, then you're allowed to deliver those devastating strikes. And this works for bosses as well, Matt. So the first boss in the game, I actually did the calculations because I fought him so many damn times that basically when you fight that first boss in his first phase, all you want to do is just keep dodging. Because every time you do that, it takes a huge chunk out of his morale. Once his morale hits zero, you just basically automatically do one of those huge devastating attacks. It literally takes off probably 40% of his health. So it's really not about like chipping him like you would think in a lot of these games. It's really about just keep, you keep dodging until his meter goes down and you deliver a devastating strike. I added it up, Matt. You had to do... To beat his first phase, you had to do, like, 70 perfect dodges, but if you get hit twice, you die. Now, there are potions in this game, like a lot of games in this subgenre, but the enemies in this are way faster. So one thing I found with Elden Ring is the enemies, they're tough, and they'll hit you with a couple hits, they kill you, but they give you a little bit of time to use the potions. Now, there are some that are a little more aggressive and it's a little harder maybe to find that little window of time to use the potions but generally even the bosses in Elden Ring you can find a little window to run away and use the potions in this it's very difficult like a boss fight in particular the first boss fight he is on you like you don't have he and he can also do attacks from like 40 feet away he can jump up into the air and do a 40 foot attack so even if you think you've created enough space to use a potion you don't so 
I started adding it up and I was like, okay, I need to do like 70 perfect dodges. He can hit me twice and kill me. And then I have to get lucky to find a little window of time to actually use the potion. And then you factor in the X factors of, oh, I got caught on a tree stump. Oh, I got caught on this rock. Oh, he did this weird thing because he got caught on the rock and caught me off guard and messed up his time. You start adding that up. And it's like when you fight the bosses in this, it's like, you could either do it in one try or it could take you 70 tries. There's just so many variables and luck that come into it that to me, I felt like skill was not one of the biggest determinants in this game, whether you're able to topple some of the tougher enemies in the game. Now, again, rank and file guys in this, shockingly easy. I have not played a Souls-like where the just the enemies that are populating the levels are that easy to defeat. I've never played one where they're that easy. So it lulls you into this sense of false security. And I would argue as well, it doesn't do a great job of teaching you how the real fights are gonna play out. It doesn't necessarily prepare you for, oh crap, I'm gonna need to find like a five second window to take this potion, but I can't because the enemies in this game are constantly attacking me and on me. This is a tiger, by the way, that I had to fight like 20 times before I finally beat him. Um, and he, again, like he was way higher level than me and I ended up having to cheese him by jumping on a roof and jumping down off the roof and doing like this powerful downward slash on him, rinse and repeat until I beat him. Actually, how I beat him was I did that a few times, and then he just wandered into the fire and killed, <laughs> killed himself. He burned himself to death. Um, so that's how the combat plays out in this. It really is just all about having that perfect timing with your parries and your dodge to catch the enemy off guard, and then learning with each enemy how many times you can strike before they're going to strike you back. Again, very much like a Souls game. However, the windows that you have in this to use the health in the game are much smaller. What I would really like in these games, Matt, is the ability to just set up to take health automatically. Would that destroy the mythos of these games? The what? Have the ability, if you have health, to just use the health automatically without having to like try to find like a five-second no, window. I think would that bother there, you? There are a couple games that do that. But I think, in general, that the mechanic of that is... Well, the thing, the mechanic of that is integral to how the Souls, the From games work. I don't see a reason you couldn't do it with another system. Um, I don't know. My problem with this... It is part of a mecha the mechanic. Sure. I mean, my problem with this game is it just feels too slippery. Yeah. Um, I think the team... I felt that about Neo, too. Like, Team Ninja's style of combat, I think, is too loose. For me to enjoy it in the context of this subgenre, like like one of the things about the From games is that they are meaty and blocky and and reliable, mm -hmm. and the the Team Ninja's take on the Souls like thing is too slippery and chaotic for me. Like it's like it's just too much. It's it's I don't care. Like it, and I'm sure you can get good at it, and you practice. Like you know, like what was it? Uh, Knox Eternitatis uh, is saying you can stun lock kill the first phase of the boss in 20 seconds, and it takes three deflections to kill the second phase. I don't have any interest in getting good enough to do that. I don't know what what did he just say? Deflection. That's you're supposed to use deflections <laughs> on it. Right. Well, that's um, what the dodging and the parrying is the deflection. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. When you hit circle at the exact right time. And right. You, but if your morale is high enough, you can do a bunch of stuff to it. It's it's like if you're basically if you practice enough to know every single one of his moves and can do use those mechanics against him properly, you can beat him very easily. But you're not going to know that the first time you get to him. I mean, I fought him. 30 or 40 times, mm -hmm. and the game doesn't teach you to do that. 
Right, but you're going to learn that eventually. That's what. Or you're going to go on the internet and you're going to Google well, how to right, beat that's, this boss but, in but five But that's seconds. also. Like, but that's also why people are like, oh, reviewers don't know how to do. Yeah, because reviewers don't have Google. Yeah, like, dude. The, we don't million, have like 50. millions of people haven't already played the game and figured out the absolute best way to do it. Right. For before you play the it game blind. has come out, it, people these people have no idea what it's like to play a game by yourself with nobody, yeah. no Google, no guides. Yeah, and sometimes it it can. Cl- I mean, that's when you know so the Souls games click for me playing Dark Souls two to review it three weeks before it came out. Like, yeah. I had no help on that game. And the online didn't even work, so I couldn't summon help for anything. Yeah. So I had to get through that game all on my own, and I finally got my head around it. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like Team Ninja's take on this genre. Um, I, I, I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. It just doesn't give me what I want from a Souls-like. So, um, like... I mean, obviously, nothing you're saying is particularly enticing anyway. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I play the demo of this, and I don't need to ever touch it again. I'm well, done. the other thing about this, game I, don't, I probably too. don't need to touch a Team Ninja Souls like ever again. Yeah. Neo, Neo. I got through most of Neo One and got tired of it, and I dabbled with Neo Two, and it's, it's just not for me. The other thing about this game too is if you do die, your morale goes down. The enemy's mm-hmm. morale goes up, making meaning that when you go back, it's even harder to defeat the enemy then. Which it's mm. like this self-defeating site. Like, why would you ever program that into a game? Because it's, to make it hard. Like, that's what, that's what the, the appeal of this, this game is to a lot of people. Like, or not the game, but the genre in general. Like, that's, that, sounds, that does sound very Team Ninja to me. Like, Team Ninja, that is the Team Ninja tradition of like, oh, you had trouble with that? Fuck you. We're going to make it harder this time. Yeah. And now you really have no chance of actually defeating the enemy. It's a weird kind of self-defeating design. I... I and yeah, but there's. I mean, I, I haven't seen too much about this, but I have read enough. I read some stuff about it, like discussions and things, because I'm like, well, I gotta play it, but I might as well see what people are saying about it. Mm-hmm. There's ways to exploit all that stuff. You know, there there are ways around that. It, it's not that much of a of a gulf if you. Well, because again, the rank and file enemies aren't that hard to beat. Right. If they you were go, like in other, yeah, you can, go likes, around, you can go around and grind. But my although to be look, I mean, I played this the demo. Of this they are harder than your standard enemies in Dark Souls. Like the Dark Souls enemies, rank and like the zombies and random soldiers like that. They're they're nothing. They're, you have to run past them. You can't run past these guys. They chase you. They do to an extent. Yeah. But the the other thing too. I mean, though, this is a more intense fight here than anything I've ever had with standard Dark Souls enemies. These oh, yeah. guys are actually coming at you. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're way more aggressive for sure. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But the other thing too is that like they'll block everything. Until you do the deflection. Like, everything in this combat system is built around parries, deflections, counters. Because they'll just block everything. You have to just... A lot of times, it's almost absurd. Once you learn how to play this game, you end up just standing there a lot of times, waiting for them to jump in and attack. Because you under, you realize that spamming your attack is going to do nothing. So, you just sit there. You wait for them to attack so you can counter the attack. Which is a weird... I don't know. It's a weird way to look at playing a game and a weird way to design a game where it's all about countering and memorizing enemy attacks. And obviously each enemy will have like their special attacks that you that their their critical attacks or the red ones. If you can mm-hmm. parry those, then you can really deal the damage to them. I mean, that's pretty much what Sekiro was. Yeah. Except I think Sekiro was a lot more elegant mm-hmm. in the way it did that. Yeah. It was more about give and take and and, you know, the back and forth of combat as opposed to like, you know, this is. I don't know. Again, like the way the chaos of the fights in this are just not appealing to me. They're just not interesting. Like they would be in a standard kind of action RPG kind of setting. Like if it was more of a, 
I don't know, um, like more of a, a fable sort of style yeah. thing or like something like that. But this, like, you know, if you're trying to either make me balance the difficulty of a Souls-like or throw chaos at me uh, or, you know, use chaos as a particular, you know, moment in these games. Right. But it, it, fighting even the normal, like, soldiers in this game was just like, God, I don't know what you're going to do next. And you're so aggressive. And like, uh, and like, I'm sure I would get used to it after a while. But like, it's just I'm just going to go play Elden Ring again. Like, why would I why would I subject myself to a lesser game when I could just go play Elden Ring? Well, we're going to get to my conclusion on this. And I would just say that it's not all dissimilar from what you just said. Hmm. <laughs> um, I saw someone asked in chat O-taps. What are the checkpoints like? So you saw just a second ago in the B-roll, there's these flags that you plant. And those are basically the bonfires from the Souls game. When you plant the flag there, it does create a checkpoint, but it also respawns all the enemies. So if you've already fought through a section and you're like, hmm, I may need to go back because there are some branching paths that maybe you want to go back and, and look through. Um, once you plant that flag, though, all the enemies respawn. So if you're just planning on trudging forward, it's fine. Plant the flag. The enemies that are ahead of you are there. were there before. They're going to stay there. But you're not going to be able to go back without fighting all the enemies that you already killed if you do that. So, again, it's a lot. It's a risk-reward system, just like the bonfires in the Souls franchise. Um, and to answer your question about, like, what the checkpoints are like for the bosses, like, for the first boss, there's literally a checkpoint right before the boss. There's a, a place to plant a flag there. And if you die at the boss, you literally run 20 feet and you start the boss fight over again. So they are cognizant of how annoying it can be to have to fight through sections of these games over and over again. Now, I would argue that some of the other ones aren't quite as forgiving. Like, earlier on in the, the, the very early parts of the game, there was definitely times where, when I was first learning the combat, I planted the flag, created the checkpoint, and then I ended up going back to that checkpoint like 20 or 30 times because I kept dying um, trying to fight the tiger. And it kept throwing me back all the way back to this prior checkpoint, I had to fight through a couple enemies to get back to the tiger again. But generally, I'd say it's pretty good as far as the checkpoints are concerned. And so I can understand how, from Team Ninja's perspective, they're like, yeah, we're making this the more gentle souls from their perspective. But if you still have choke points with the bosses, does it really matter all that much? Because the other thing I would say, going back to Elden Ring, is... The open world stuff, this is what made was different for me with Elden Ring, was I didn't need to defeat the bosses to enjoy the game and make progress. Like, I could just go out to the open world and just mess around and fight dozens of different enemy types, go to all these different places, all these different locations. That's not the way this game is. Now, you can fast travel from the flag planning points if you want. So you can go back and fast travel to any of the, uh, the various points that you've already unlocked. But... It doesn't, there's not very little reason to. You've already fought through those areas. You've already collected everything. Again, there's no open world. There's no other enemies to uncover. There's no new places to investigate and check out. Like, it's a mostly just a very linear game. So Clearly, there's tigers to find. Right. <laughs> a lot of them. Because even in the demo, there was tigers everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I think from the Team Ninja's perspective, they probably think they've made the game a lot easier. And it's true. Like, you can walk more than 100 yards now without dying in this. But as far as making real progress, it still appears that the boss fights are the gatekeepers in this. And if you don't defeat the boss, there really is nothing else to do in this. So it's like the old school Souls likes where you pound your head against that wall trying to beat that boss. And if you can't beat that boss, you're not going to make any progress. So again, I think they think that they made it a lot easier, but still there's a lot of gatekeeping in this that that people maybe would assume wouldn't be in this after having played Elden Ring. Um 
But basically, this game is driven in general by parries, deflections, whatever the hell you want to call them, and loot and equipment management. So you're constantly getting a new helmet, new grease, new armor, and they're always just a couple ticks better than what they were before. This is one of those games that does have gear bloat where you're getting gear way too often. Um, I could see getting, you know, a big chunk of way, way through this game and you, and you get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to use this armor for the next hour or two. Like, and then like, I'll look at, at changing it up because again, or maybe, you know, I'll stick with this armor until I get to the next boss fight and then I'll go and see what I've got new because it does start to get a little bit annoying after a while. Um, the graphics in general, I mean, you're watching the B-roll, nothing to write home about. It's not a bad looking game. It definitely looks better than Wanted Dead. But yeah. this game is also available for PS4 and Xbox One. So it's one of those games that has one foot in one generation, one foot in the other. And you can see it. It definitely makes a difference. Um, what else? Traversal is crap, in my opinion. There's like a double jump, but the second jump happens on purpose. So you jump once. And then you hold in a direction, and if, he act, and if the character actually touches a piece of geometry, then he'll do a second jump automatically, like a double jump up on top of stuff. It's awkward. There's lots of times where you think you're going to jump onto an object, and instead of jumping up onto the object, he does his weird second jump, like, off of the object. Um, so the traversal on this is not great. The good news is it's, the game's not that reliant on it. There's not a lot of platforming. Um, I've had issues with, like, the lock-on not working in this. So, like, when I was fighting the tiger... Like, I'd do the downward slash off the roof, and I'd be locked onto him to do that. First of all, when I do the downward slash, when I would land, somehow the camera would flip around backwards and reorient the way I was going, which is maddening. <laughs> Particularly if two slashes, you die. So a lot of times I found myself trying to click the stick to unselect the tiger and run away. It wouldn't unselect. So I'd end up strafing around the tiger. The tiger would jump in and kill me. There's just all these little issues that, to me... You may be able to overlook in a game where each skirmish isn't life or death. But in a game like this, where every enemy can kill you with a couple swipes, it has to be perfect. To me, it does. Or I'm going to get real pissed off eventually about it. And this game just has little quirks about it. This started to drive me crazy within the context, again, of having to be pretty much perfect while you're playing through a lot of the skirmishes. Um, the, I mean, the, the game, I guess, in general, just feels dated, Matt. It feels like a Souls-like from, like, 2010 or 2012 instead of one from 2023. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of the same tropes, those old ones. Well, I mean, you can't, you're not going to see anybody adjust to the Elden Ring lessons for another two years or so, so. I was surprised to see that. I thought it might happen a little more quickly, but. Well, you got to play the game and then start development on your new game that takes influence from Elden Ring, and that's going to take a couple of years. Yep. Um... I don't know. <laughs> so I did just like go to, I went to uh, Metacritic to just get an idea of where people were. I, I think this game is completely over-reviewed. Completely. And again, it looks like another case where the Souls-like fans ended up reviewing the game. Like some people gave this game perfect tens. Yeah, like, that's pretty, I mean, I did, it, it, well, last I looked, it was somewhere in the sevens. No, it's an eight. It's an 8.1. Is it? Yep. They must have gone up since I looked it, at way, it. To me, that's way too high. Way too generous. Certainly not. Particularly the, after coming off of Elden Ring. Not like, the impression I got. Like, if that's your 10, this is not an 8. If that's your 10, this is a 6 or a 7. I was really surprised by the review scores after spending a good chunk of time playing this, honestly. Um, but again, that's what happens when you have fans of a genre reviewing every game mm -hmm. in that genre. They're yeah, going to... 81. User score is 7.4. That's way more accurate. And how rare is that? Zero negative ratings. Wow. 
Yep, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Um, Kevin Roth is asking, what is the best part of the game? I mean, I guess I would say it is the combat because it is fast. It is responsive. That part of Team Ninja does come through. Like, I never felt like there's some kind of weird lag in the controls or whatever. The controls were responsive. And I never felt like most of the times that I died, it was the fault of anything other than, you know, me just not knowing the game well enough or me not timing my deflection well enough other than the instances where I'm trying to, like, unlock my lock on or trying to climb up something while enemies are attacking me if i'm just out in an open area fighting if i die i generally felt like it was my fault so if this is the vision of what team ninja had for the combat in this i think they do a decent job of figuring it out and making it work um but still some issues for a game where every swipe is basically life or death some oh actually okay. some of these are weird oh I, st- I didn't even some of the blurbs alone where well, I would just laughed at them. Woe long fallen dynasty is a love letter to action RPG fans. I Matt, what Matt I <laughs> I couldn't I started um, unless all action RPGs are Souls games now I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I just started reading the blurbs and I was like these people are living in some other planet that I don't even live on. So I just just like that explains why they got why they gave it a perfect ten because they look at things completely different from how I do. Um... Mel- Mellow Pintor, what? Souls fans being biased towards their preferred game style? No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Again, if I was a reviews editor, I would not be putting these fans on these games all the time. Mm, meanwhile, the user reviews are all 10s and 1s. <laughs> and that ultimate, ultimately amounted to a 7.4. Oh, here's, here's, a, here's a zero. Absoluta basura. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Um, I guess... If someone was a big Souls fan, they're asking me, like, should they? No. I would say go play Elden Ring again. Or play it on Game Pass, I guess. Because Elden Ring, everything about it is better. The, the, pl- the plot, the world, the setup, the writing, the graphics, the, the level design, the enemy design. That's the other thing. Like, none mm. of the enemies in this are interesting. They're either, like, a different colored tiger or the same dudes wearing the same outfits with a different, like, hat. Like, yeah, the Japanese do say it's probably about the PC version. No, I'm, I'm looking at the PS5 section yeah that was the, the pc version is its own thing again another another weird performance issue pc port. oh really yeah that's been a, that's been a separate problem oh, okay um i i played this on place that happens a lot like it's to the point that like it's kind of it's kind of weirdly common wisdom now to like don't get the pc version of major stuff it right seems now, that way like, there's always going to be some weird issue yeah either it's wait kind of get it later or like some people are like get the get the the console version, it's almost as good. And then if you really like the game, replay it later when it's cheap on PC. Yeah. I did not enjoy my time with this game really at all. Um, I decided to stick with it because I'm like, there's got to be something here. It's a Team Ninja game. So I decided to I don't know why you chance. still have that thing for Team Ninja when <laughs> none of the people that made Team Ninja great back in the day are actually there anymore. Yeah. I don't know one, who any of these people are anymore. Well, actually, I mean, those old people also aren't making great games No, anymore. absolutely not. I mean, it's not like... I mean, the people who made Ninja Gaiden made Devil's Third. It's yeah. not like, you know, the, the, sometimes, you know, sometimes you peak early. Neo and Neo 2 got great aggregate review scores, though. Yeah, I mean, I... I like Neo okay. I I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't grab me the way that Souls stuff does. Yeah. It doesn't grab me the way any even Steel Rising did. I don't know. I prefer my I prefer my Souls games to be a little more uh methodical than, yeah. than how the you know, Team Ninja is more This is definitely more frantic. Team Ninja leans more into the character action style and I don't really think that gels with this very well. Yeah. Um I don't have an because 
you know, one of the, th- one of the reasons it works in something like Devil May Cry is like you experiment and mess around, you die, you go back to, okay, I got to reload the save, go back to the last save point, try it again. Cool. But like, there's no consequences to that other than you've lost time. Yeah. And th- games like what the way they do this is like, okay, now it's harder because you died. Yeah, like that's not interesting to me, me either. Like yeah, I'm sure that evil. Like I'm sure that's <laughs> a cool like... thing to like people who want a really big challenge and that's like, they they love. You know, I'm not saying that's not for you know that's, there's no place for it in a, in a game because yeah. like, clearly there's people that love that. But that is absolutely not how I want to spend my time. Yeah, like it's it's not it's a mix of two things that uh, I don't particularly care for in the first place. I don't character action games don't really appeal to me very much anymore. The other thing I would say too to maybe the person who is like man. I should like these games, Souls-like games. And maybe you tried Elden Ring and you got like you're like me, you played it a lot more than another Souls any other Souls game, but you still got to the point where you're like, "Okay, I'm good." I would go back and try to finish Elden Ring before playing this. I just mm-hmm. would. Well, I would uh, say go play Steel Rising if you want my first, you know, Souls game. Yeah. Steel Rising has it basically has an easy mode. It does, yeah. This yeah. does not, by the way. I saw someone else in chat asking if there was an easy mode. There's no, not. I would be surprised. I mean, yeah, there's no. no easy setting for this game, unfortunately. The, Maybe uh, someday we'll get the We are a long way away from Ninja Dog <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would recommend like if you tried Elden Ring and you're like, "Oh, but they're saying this is actually like my first Souls like, it's not." Like, go back and just keep playing Elden Ring. It's far more interesting. Yeah, it's- I would say maybe if you haven't, if you're not very well versed in soul stuff, but like you are really good at like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, maybe this would click for you better. Yeah, it is more like it is coming more from that tradition in terms of how the combat functions. It is for sure. Yeah, it's as you can see in the B roll. It's far more quick and twitch like mm-hmm. than a lot of other Souls like. Yeah, games. this is. I, I think the Team Ninja Souls games. You know, the the Neo and this are more for like people like cannot adjust to the slow methodical combat in the from stuff yeah. i think which is also a fair criticism you know that's that's not gonna be for everybody either they're just not as creative though like you know how i said for a long time matt that i really hated that i didn't like the souls games because i loved like the setting and the art and the dark mm-hmm. fantasy like this no, that, doesn't that, have that no that's that's not really here no um, there's nothing there's some, like that there's here. some cool you know if you i've seen like you know clips and stuff there's in the trailers like there's cool reimaginations of like you know myth- mythological characters and like creatures and stuff from like mythology which is cool but like it yeah it's not it does not have the raw um holy crap what is that what is that yeah. giant blood dog walking on the that horizon i can see thing? a mile yeah. away yeah like, it like doesn't there's have nothing like that like that's it, cool like that looks neat but it's like yeah, yeah. That bird thing whatever that is but, but like but i would put that like in the like 20th percentile of yeah, that would be like a regular enemy Ray. in like, dark yeah, souls like, this is like just, oh yeah it's Again, a lot of that stuff is personal, and I just like the art and the world and the settings in from Software's games way more. That dude just handled that tiger. Yeah, (laughs) like that was just. But even look, watching this gameplay trailer, like, do you see a whole lot of stuff that's all that different from the B-roll you just watched that I recorded? I mean, they're using bigger spells, but like they're fighting the same stuff more or less. Yep. Well, then that thing. Yeah, so I um I really struggle to find the person to recommend this game to. I just found everything about it. Far less interesting than what I've experienced in From Software games. And in all honesty, what I longed to be able to consume for a really long time watching other people play From Software games. I'm like, I love that boss. I love that castle. I love that weapon. I love that armor. But I hate playing the game. Like, this game, I don't even like all that other stuff. So, definitely, if you're someone who has not clicked with Souls or From Software games in the past, don't even give this a try, even though it's on Game Pass. 
it's you'll just become frustrated and you'll you'll end up spending more time downloading it than you will actually playing it if you're a fan of this genre you're probably still gonna fight your way through it and enjoy it i would probably recommend downloading it on game pass the game does sell for 60 bucks it's not a 70 dollar game that helps a little bit um but i would not recommend buying this game i would also argue this game is going to be on discount within like six weeks Mm-hmm. If you want to buy the PlayStation versions because you're you're not a Game Pass subscriber and you don't have an Xbox or a PC, so you can't subscribe to Game yeah, this Pass. This feels like it will likely follow the that pattern. Yep. So my guess is, it'll I mean, be- even even successful games have that you know hit the forty dollars sale six weeks in. Yeah. It's and Elden like Ring is such a gigantic game that a lot of people who have even finished Elden Ring still haven't seen like forty percent of the game. Yeah. And the and the DLC is coming. Yeah, the DLC is coming. I would just steer clear of this. In all honesty, I hope people do steer clear because I want to send a message to Team Ninja, man. Make better games. Make other games. This isn't... I loved, I loved you, and now I don't care about your games anymore. Like, I don't know. Did Neo yeah, like, ever really sell? I think it sold like one or two million, maybe. Sold well enough to get a second one. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like, if they did a new... You, know, you keep talking about Ninja Gaiden. If they do another Ninja Gaiden, it's going to be like this. You think so? They'll yeah. make it like a Souls-like? Well, they'll make it like this kind of thing. They'll make it like see, a Sekiro okay with, style like, thing. The rank and file enemies, and then a little bit of like so. For example, Matt, when I got to that first boss and I fought him like twenty or thirty times and beat beat him, I thought I was like, "That's perfect." I'm like, "This is actually." I thought for a moment, I'm like, "This actually reminds me of Ninja Gaiden." And then the cutscene starts for his second form, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I literally flipped off the tv screen i was like here we go wasn't good enough for me to just beat this really hard boss using my twitch now here's this second and i was just like screw you man like what is this like i don't get it i was trying to teach you something but like in neo at least i found that it was rather obtuse when it was trying to teach me how to do something new yeah like for Um, example like the trick to beating the second form i didn't even notice like what i was supposed to be doing the first like 10 times i fought him and i was like okay I'm going to pay closer attention. There's like a little tool tip that pops up that I hadn't noticed before. Like, and that taught me basically how to beat him. And I was like, ah, duh. But again, it's a lot different when you play it by yourself and you're not like Googling everything, which I never do. I always try to figure it out on my own unless I get to the point where I'm stuck on something for like an hour. And then I'm like, okay, this isn't a good use of my time beating my head against the wall. And then maybe I'll Google it. But in this case, like I, I tried to figure it out on my own and the tool tips weren't great. Like, I don't know. I don't know what Team Ninja's doing, Matt. But to me, if you, and if they look, if they were to make a Ninja Gaiden game like this, it would still be better. At least the world and the settings and the characters would be more interesting than this. Like, there's just nothing for yeah. me personally. There's no allure for this game. I don't know. Like, just I haven't liked their last like seven or eight games really it, very much. That, it has so added like, up. you're right. I don't want them to make a Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Like, I don't. I, I have no faith in it. Yeah, I and can understand the, that. And then the people that left that used to make Ninja Gaiden make stuff like Wanted Dead and Devil's Third. So yeah. what do you, I mean, I guess the Dead or Alive was okay. Yeah. Um, but people forget that game even came out. Yeah, they do. Uh, El Guapo, 3385. I'm going to assume that the anticipation for Rise of the Ronin will be low. LOL. Yeah, yeah it will. Yeah. I just, I don't care about these settings, honestly. I mean, a Japanese like samurai setting is more interesting to me. Yeah, a little um, bit. This, I don't, just, this is a period of history I know more about. But I already played a, an excellent, like, 40-hour game set in that world. Like, I don't need another one. I just don't. Like, at least not for a while. And when I do play another one, it'll be the sequel to that excellent game. <laughs> like, it's just... I don't know. I, I feel like certain settings you only need so much from. And mm-hmm. we already got a great game, a great samurai game, that I really struggle to see other developers topping... 
Do I need another one that's like a low-rent version of it? Probably not. I mean, that's coming from the guy who plays Call of Duty every year. Yeah, but (laughs) that's true. Well, one, I play the campaign if there is one, because you're not going to play it. Right. Multiplayer, I do play. But to me, playing multiplayer is like a sport. It's just like, why do people play basketball? Like, Mm. Michelle asked me. She's like, why do you keep playing that game? And she's like... I don't understand it. Like when I was playing Rocket League a lot, why, why do you keep playing it? Haven't you finished it by now? It's like, no, that's not how this works. It's like a sport. That's why there are esports. You always are trying to get better at it. You're playing against other people who are better than you, hopefully. You can learn from them and get better. Like, that's why I play Call of Duty. Like, it's mm-hmm. a sport to me that I don't have to, like, get all sweaty playing, basically. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm disappointed in Well Long. I'm not surprised by it. I mean, outwardly, I think it ended up being exactly what most people thought it was going to be. Um, but, you know, I always have hope that maybe something will surprise me. And in this case, it did not. Um, any other questions you guys have in here? People are comparing it to Stranger of Paradise. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it seems less obnoxious than Stranger of Paradise. It do- oh, it is. It is less. It's a, definitely a classier game. <laughs> like, I didn't feel like, like I was being offended when I was playing it a lot of the time. Um, yep, doesn't look like you guys have any questions about it. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It is. Swanless says and, a lot of first bosses are really hard in Souls games. And even if you do have questions, there's a demo. <laughs> so, right, yeah. Like, or here's the whole damn the, game yeah, on Game or, Pass. Yeah. But the Team Ninja team ninja should, I don't know, take a class on something. Kevin Rafa, what should Team Ninja do next? They should try to make games for the West. That's pretty much my only advice to them. Stop making games that are so niche. Hmm. That would be my suggestion, but who knows? They're obviously not going to listen to me. So, um, I, I think they should make a good game. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a good change. <laughs> that would be a good, a good, good change of pace. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Also, re- uh, fix uh, Ninja Gaiden 2 Sigma in that collection so it has all the blood back. Oh, I've never played the Sigma version of Ninja Gaiden 2. It's worse. Really? The, 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 the best version of Ninja Gaiden 2 is the standard Xbox 360 version. Because it has all it has all the enemies, it has all the dismemberment, the dismemberment it has all the stuff going on. Yeah. You, play, you play it on, on the modern Xbox and it actually runs pretty well. Yeah. Because uh, remember, it would slow down to... Oh, that's right. You know, it was t- it, Which is so weird because the first one ran like lightning. Right, but there's just too much going on. Yeah. That, that game, uh, Ninja Gaiden 2 is what killed my original, my launch 360. Really? It, it red ring during the stairway fight. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was it. Too much heat. Little much. Too much heat. Little much for it. Yep. So there you go. But yeah. The Sigma version is based on the PS PS3 version, which removed a lot of the dismemberment and the blood, and removed enemies because it couldn't handle oh. stuff as well. You know, it didn't do as well. So like, the Sigma version by definition is a update of the worse version and does not fix any of that. So and then that's the version that got released in the remaster collection. So it's garbage. That sucks. Um, also, Ninja, I would say Ninja Gaiden Black is better than Sigma in terms of the first one. Um, so Sigma of the first game was the ver- was what I did the documentary for. Mm-hmm. So it was the collector's edition of Ninja Gaiden Sigma that yeah. my documentary ended the up the third version right. of the first game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, and it added like a playable character and like five new weapons. Yeah, it added what was it? Rachel, you could Rachel, play as Rachel yeah. in that, and like there was new costumes. And yep. some of the costumes were really cool. But, they like, were. Some of the weapons were cool too. But overall, I would say Black was the better version, just in terms of how the game felt. Mm. And uh, the vanilla version, Vanilla Two on 360, is the best version of Two, and there is no good version of Three. Nope. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Even the, the one that they reworked. The, yeah, the reworked one is better, but, but still, it ain't good. Yeah, it's still not good. Yeah. So maybe just let Ryu. Hayabusa rest. <laughs> I would love to play another good Ninja Gaiden. I don't know if I'll ever see it before I die. I'll keep hoping. I don't know who would make that. I don't either. Point. 
I don't either. From software, maybe. <laughs> maybe they they would be it wouldn't be fast enough. They don't yeah, do, they don't do, they don't do I that. mean I guess, I guess the, the Sekiro guys Sekiro is a little bit like that. Could, the Sekiro I think they could do a, those that team or whoever that permutation of from is could definitely do that. By the way, that is the closest analog to Wolong, I would argue. Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's definitely inspired by Sekiro in yeah. a lot of ways for sure. Yeah. So if you like Sekiro, it's at least as ex- inspired by Sekiro as it is by Neo. Yeah. Um, just the 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 po- not poise, but like the the deflection stuff and the stamina stuff and all you know, the the fortitude and all. That. It, it, you can definitely see all that in yeah. play from from Sekiro. I just think Sekiro implements it way better and way um, more reliably. And I think Sekiro's combat is more. Um, this I think it's more interesting. I think it's I agree. Like the back and forth in it, and the and the yeah. fight. This fight, it feels like a much bigger clash of wills. And then you finally get that opening, and the red dot pops up, and you do the stab. It's and satisfying. It, like yeah. it's just way more satisfying than anything Team Ninja's done since, frankly, Ninja got in too. Like, yeah. Um. For the record, before Elden Ring, Sekiro was the From Software game that I played the most of. Yeah. That I made the most headway through before I gave up. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, a, the zombie ninja guy. Dang, I forgot about that one. That which was, was that Yaiba? Yaiba. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. What were you That's thinking? That's when it jumped the shark. That, yeah. That was a. <laughs> that, was that wasn't even a thing. That was that was the shark. That was some other. That was some, some had to be else. some kind of licensing yeah. branding fuckery. I don't know what happened there. I remember playing that at E3 and being like, "What the hell is this?" Like, yeah. I was like. That was like the last thing I played. I think at that year at E3, it was like as the show floor was closing, I'm like, "I gotta play the new Ninja Guy Dan before I leave," and I'm like. What? Like, 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 I went to the bar afterwards being like, I need a drink after that. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I just played, but it wasn't no Ninja Gaiden. in. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Wolong Fallen Dynasty. You can get it free on Game Pass right now on PC or Xbox. 60 bucks on PlayStation platforms. And I don't recommend that at all. Next up, Matt was very gracious. He allowed me to borrow his PlayStation VR 2 for the last handful of days um, when I left on Thursday. As long as he promised not to throw up on it. Yep, and I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Although I got close, and I know that's what everybody's wondering, is did Shane get sick playing PlayStation VR 2? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um... I thought I was not going to get sick, and I'll go through kind of each game that I played here in a minute and kind of give a quick synopsis of each one and how I how it felt and everything like that. But everybody wants to know, and because there's lots of people like me who just, if they play VR, they get motion sickness, mm-hmm. and I did get it. Now, I will say this, much fewer games gave me motion sickness, and the games that gave me motion sickness, I was able to play them longer before they gave me motion sickness. So it is an improvement. So if you're... Somebody who was on the borderline, maybe you only rarely got sick with VR before on PlayStation VR 1, or maybe you had an Oculus or whatever, and maybe you only got sick in very specific instances, it probably is worth checking out PlayStation VR 2 if you can find a place to demo it. Because you might, you might be able to play it without getting ill. However, I was not lucky enough to do that. Matt, the first thing I will say about PlayStation VR 2 is that it is slick AF. Mm-hmm. This piece, this hardware is amazing. Like, just the whole setup and the way it, it like, maps the room, that is trippy, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the other thing I will say, too, is that the area that I went to play it in, I thought was plenty big enough for room scale. Nope. It was not. It really teaches you what 7x8 is. It really does. Like, and it's really cool how it sets up, though. Like, um... Yeah. 
you put on the helmet after you go through like all this stuff that you're seeing right now you put on the helmet and you look down at the floor and it maps the room Mm -hmm. with this really cool mesh like grid thing and then after it automatically maps the room you can use the controllers to manually draw the safe area if you want to so if it didn't give you all the space that you had you can go and manually kind of nudge it out to the edges if you want um i told you about that yeah did you yeah about how you had to hold the controller and scan the 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 space out further and how i moved my couch while i was wearing the headset oh right 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 and now you're seeing like the look through feature here or whatever yeah but so it automatically maps when you just look around and then you can eventually use the controllers to get it perfect and even after i did that it still wasn't enough space for me to be able to actually play it in the area that i had set up for it um which was a little bit of a disappointment but you know what? I still played it like standing up for the. Yeah, most you can part. you can still make it work. I, I mean, I I had a full seven by eight space, and I never used all of it. Yeah. I mean, most of that's just so you don't hit the wall or hit furniture or the TV or something. And here you can see it's mapping the room, so you just like look around, and it automatically yeah. does it and creates like this not, mesh. Not this fast. Right? Yeah, I've sped this yeah. up obviously for obvious reasons. And then you can look down, and you can start manually nudging sort of the line on the ground mm-hmm. right here to get it so it takes up all the space on the ground, which I thought was really freaking cool, man. Like, the tech in this is really awesome. I was really shocked by how slick this yeah, thing is. I think you can maybe see why I was like, they should have just waited and put this out yeah. as their first VR foray. I know that wasn't really an option because VR was the hot, the new hotness, supposedly, at the time. Yeah. But imagine if this had been the introduction of VR to PlayStation. Oh, man. It would have blown people away. Yeah. It would have absolutely blown people away. It blew me away. So mm-hmm. I go home, I unpack the box mat, and I realize it's just the headset, yep. two controllers, and one cable. Mm-hmm. One skinny little USB-C cable. That's it. Like, I don't even know why that box is so big. I think just for space to yeah, it doesn't cushioning. even need to be that no, big. Oh, it does for cushioning. Like you gotta for shipping. You gotta it. ship it. Yeah, yeah. It's still gotta. Yeah, but in terms of just storage in your house, no, it doesn't need to be that. Yeah, big. I was really surprised. Like it's nothing. It's just the helmet, the two controllers, and one cable to plug into the front of your PS5 because that's the only USB C that you have on the console, and then that's it. You do you go through the little setup stuff, and then off you go and you start playing. Now, Matt, I went and checked the PlayStation Store for every PlayStation VR 2 demo that they had. And they did have quite a lot. Um, They ended up having, I think, like eight demos when it's all said and done. So I downloaded all of them and gave every single one of them a go. And I'm going to quickly walk you through each one of them and what it was like for somebody like me who gets sick in the past with VR to play. First one I checked out was a game called Drums Rock. This is basically a music and rhythm game with just drums, where you basically you're air drumming. Um, it was really easy, I thought. But the other thing I would say, too, is that it didn't register a lot of my drum hits. So when I went to hit both symbols, both the blue and the green, well, you just saw right there, it said I missed it. Like, it could never, for whatever reason, with my normal gestures, it very rarely, if ever, registered me hitting the symbols. I don't know why, because it does do, like, a calibration thing before you actually jump into the game. The other thing I would say about this as well is that all the music... They're real songs, but they're cover versions of the songs. Mm. So they didn't have to license them. Like, this first one, I think, is Hit Me With Your Best Shot, but it's not, like, jo- who did that song originally? Joan Jett and the Blackhearts? Um, no. No, that's I Love Rock and Roll. Yeah. Anyway, it was not the original version of the song. It was some corny, like, cover version of the song. Um, and that's the way this game is. Generally, this felt like it should have been packed in and been free. And the other thing I would say about Pat this, Benatar. Pat Benatar. 
The other thing I would say about this too, Matt, is like, where's the demo disc for this? I don't know. Where is it? You well, spend they five hundred and fifty dollars. Well, well, they, they give you nothing. Well, to they play. don't have it because like much of the systems don't have disc drives. Oh, you're right. But still, there should be something you can download that just has like a bunch of mini games in it that shows off the hardware. Because remember, like, like, a, like a little like yeah, like I mean, it, it, when you go Astro when you, for free when you've got the the you know the PSVR splash thing on when you go to the store, it should just lead you to some like demo pack you can bring. Yeah, that would make more sense. Remember the first one? You got that little demo disc that had like. How many games? Like six or seven on it? Yeah, a bu- yeah, a bunch and of stuff. And then you got it. Astro bought for free. You mm-hmm. get nothing with this. No. And no, you have you to don't. search to find the demos on the PlayStation Store as yeah, well. Yeah, they're they're a little bare. I mean, but also demos on the PS5 Store are hard to find. They anyway. are in general. Like yeah. that's just, the PS. The store still sucks. I'm yeah. Sorry. Like it's 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 a mess in there, and it's not clear when you're in the store, and it's not clear how to get to the store sometimes, and sometimes they dump you into it, and you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. I, I mean, this that goes to a whole other issue with you know user experience on the ps5 in general i would say yeah it does but i would argue it's like you have this new hardware to, you need to show it off to people you give them nothing it's 550 dollars. you can't give them a disc of demos like i, I mean there was... are demos they just aren't doing very a very good job of promoting but, them promoting it like i didn't even know this game existed yeah well don't bother downloading it no i wouldn't i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't have even if i knew they were there i wouldn't have it's so. very simple and yet it still doesn't function very well and one other thing i would say matt about PlayStation VR 2 in general, and this is something that could be easily changed, but I just hate that it's set up this way. Anything you grab in PlayStation VR 2, you have to keep the grip on the controller. Hmm. Like, so you when you grab it. Oh, uh, it depends. There are games that let you f- toggle that. There are. Star Wars, you can toggle it. It does. Yeah. That and I did toggle it because, dude. because having to hold the gun the whole time yeah, was annoying. Holding the button in on the grip, it gets tiring mm-hmm. after a while. No, there's a toggle. There's a toggle for most of the games that, let, that do that. I don't know if Horizon has it, actually. I didn't look. This one, you have to hold the drumstick at all times. If you let it go, the drumstick just flies yeah, that, out of your hand and flies yeah, that's off. That's dumb. Yep. So the other thing I would say, too, though, is I did not get sick playing this. Just sitting in, in, in a spot while the nose flow to me, looking around, I'm totally fine. I did not get to playing this at all. Second game I played is a game called Cosmonious High. Again, there's a demo for this. And this, honestly, was some of the most fun I had playing with PlayStation VR 2. You just go into this room with these goofy characters and all these little objects to fiddle around with, and you just go and have fun. It's like a little playroom. And... Again, didn't get sick at all. This game tripped me out. It was the first, <laughs> it seriously did, dude. It's the first PlayStation VR 2 game where I was like, okay, I'm going to really mess around with like all the different features of it. Like, I was like, I want to check out the foveated rendering on this. So I like started looking, as you can see, really closely at objects. And you start looking really closely at the, and these things are like razor sharp. Like, they feel like they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, the transparencies and stuff. I would, like, put my hand behind objects that are supposed to be transparent and, like, fiddle around with those. Like, this was the first thing that I played where I was like, oh, okay. Like, this tech is pretty flipping awesome. And, again, this is a free demo that you can download. It really is just, like, a little playroom. There's just all this different stuff you can mess with. There's, like, a big pool that you fill up with water. There's different, like, elemental stuff that you interact with in the room. There's simple puzzles in there it's a this should have been again like something that was packed in with it some download code that you get um shiki says how does a foot pedal work there is no foot pedal i don't know what he's talking about the drum game yeah there was no foot pedal there was no bass in it at all Mm. yeah i don't know how that's supposed to work honestly uh but they didn't track that at all so yeah in the drum game there was no foot pedal which means it's not like rock band where you can actually learn how to play the drums with it 
Um, but I had fun just fiddling around with this, just spraying the water and watching mm-hmm. it spray all around. Everything changes in VR. You ever played Job Simulator? Yes. Yeah, same guys. Oh, shocker. You can. The art style is definitely identical. Uh, but I had a good... A good time just fiddling around with this and this is where i started to understand like okay this is not playstation vr1 this has there's new functionality here and now it'll be interesting to see how they make use of it all so you had to put out fires with your water very simple stuff but very effective and again this did not make me sick inside this room you teleport around one thing i discovered matt because i don't play a lot of vr is that there seems to be a universal way to move around inside vr games where you hold the right analog stick up and then the icon appears in the world, and then you move it around mm-hmm. to where you want it, and you release it, and then you teleport there. Like I didn't Although even know. Star, the Star Wars game has is it's down, which threw me. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's flipped back. But that's a mechanic from VR that because I haven't played a ton of VR, mm-hmm. I just didn't know that it was a thing, and yeah, now they, I they get it. Seem to have settled on that because I mean, yeah. early on, every game did it different, and that yeah. seems to be sort of where they've settled. That's now the right analog stick. Either up or down brings up that targeting thing, and you can move it around, and then you teleport there. And again, teleporting generally way less likely to make you motion mm-hmm. sick than moving in real time in 3D space in yeah, VR. Like I don't use the teleporting if I don't have to. I prefer to just move around. But like there's games like Star Wars that you have to use the teleport, um, which uh, mixing it is weird. I'd rather do yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's more and more you're starting to see options for that. One like to pick either one, so that's yeah. good. Yep. I had a ton of fun with this, but it didn't last very long. I think it's on a timer. Um, there's only so many things that you can do um, before it basically kicks you out. Um, but I had a ton of fun with this while it lasted, for sure. Um, and then I played Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which we talked about last week because Matt had played it as well. Um, yeah, the scale was... So you're right. You mentioned last week how the guy comes out from behind the bar. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy crap, the guy's huge. <laughs> oh, you were right. I was like, oh my God. He's like, My, my aren't you like, a big fella? He's like 12 feet tall. And then the other dude comes in who's literally like a mm-hmm. foot and a half tall. And you have to like, look down at him. Uh, so the scale in this bar area definitely made an impact. And then eventually I made my way out into the world. And that's where I started to struggle a little bit because you can move normally in this when you're out in the world. Mm-hmm. And moving naturally started to make me a little queasy. It wasn't that bad, but I was like, oh, I feel a little bit off, yeah. so I'm going to start using the and teleporting. And it's like, it's so clearly meant to be moved around in like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's, the teleporting doesn't really, it's like you're playing mist. But then I got to this crate with all the stuff, and I started having fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... Just started throwing stuff around. The other thing, too... You instinctively know to throw those remotes in the air and make them come around and help you. And the other thing, too, is how quickly the headset works, Matt. So you throw the ball up in the air. It very quickly comes back down to Earth, and you're tracking it, and the headset follows it. 60, 120 frames a second. No lag. That's why you can uh, juggle. Yeah. It blew... This stuff blew my mind. Just fiddling with this stuff for the first time. Getting my blaster, firing it for the first time. Again, picking up a blaster and being trained to hold the trigger down. As soon as I pick it up, it starts firing because I had been trained in the prior games. When I grabbed something, I needed to hold it until I was ready to release it and then let it go. So when I was picking up guns in this, as soon as I pick them up, they just start firing because I was holding the trigger. Mm-hmm. Just funny. Because it's the other button on right. Instagram yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Uh, but I fiddled around with this for a while. I never stupid gun. Yeah, stupid gun. I never really got to the point where I started like going through the actual levels. I couldn't figure out how to start it. I mean, you are in a level here. Yeah, but I mean, I couldn't figure out how to start going through corridors and like fighting against enemies in this. 
I mean, they're up ahead here. I could. Where did I go? You're supposed to jump up on that ledge and keep walking. Oh, how do I jump? You're a little. Oh, it teaches you in the in the ship. Oh, I missed it. You use the jet. It gives you the jetpack. You you use the jetpack to jump up, and then you can teleport. See, that's the one time you have to teleport when you're using normal movement Uh, is to get up onto ledges and stuff. You have to jetpack up, and then when you use the teleport uh, targeter. Because you're up higher, it'll let you target higher ledges, and uh, you just jump to that. I can never figure it that's, out. That's how that they they teach you how to do that when you're running around doing the scanning the the crates in the ship. Yeah, and it took me a while to figure out what they were trying to tell me to do. It was even more confusing when you're not you have not been teleporting so far, and all of a sudden right. they, they want you to, and they're talking to you as though that's what you've been doing. Yeah, because I think the smooth movement might have been added later or something, or that uh, maybe wasn't the original plan. Gotcha. I'm not sure. I didn't play it on the Oculus or anything. Yeah. Or in the original form it was in, but um, no, that's a little awkward mix of teleporting and, and random regular movement. But like, yeah, that you're in the first level there. Like you go through all these areas and there's like hidden things to find and all these new we- new weapons and you can throw shit at them and like. And I'll shoot all the all the all the guards and pick up their guns and it's cool. What I what happened was is I started walking around trying to figure out where to go. I started getting the first feelings of the queasiness, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I'm good." And then I switched over to this game, which is called Humanity. And really, this game doesn't need to be played in VR. It's just like it's Lemmings, basically. Your job is to guide this stream of human beings from where they're coming from to the exit. And it's just like a simple puzzle, again, like Lemming's puzzle game. Um, but what I this is where I started messing around with the foveated rendering. So I'm sitting back like I am right now, just kind of watching this, trying to figure out how to solve the puzzles, blah, blah, blah. And then I started thinking to myself, I'm like, all these humans, like, what do they really look like? And I so I just stuck my head as close to them as I could, and it eventually will show in the B-roll. But I stuck my head as close as I could, and the detail on each one of those human beings blew my mind. And I could totally see how what I was looking at, the eye tracking, was razor sharp. I mean razor sharp. And how the stuff on the periphery was being blurred out. Again, foveated rendering. Allowing it to focus on just what you're looking at and rendering that at a hot right here. Like, now you can see, like, the detail on the people. Like... And again, watching this on a TV screen is way different from having the helmet on. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it doesn't sell it like it does when you have the helmet on. Like that little shot right there blew my mind, Matt, when it happened. And I, now watching it in the B-roll, it's like, oh, okay, not a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal when you have the helmet on. Um, I was impressed, not by this game, but by how this game showed off the features of PlayStation VR 2. Again, game did not make me sick i can sit in vr forever and never get sick it's the moving inside vr that gets me um so this to me while make people look at it and be like oh, it's not really a vr game i understand that perspective but with playstation vr 2's tech it does show off a lot of the cool functionality that playstation vr 2 has and then my next game being the big football fan that i am I had to play NFL Pro Era. It's a VR game where you play as a quarterback from a real NFL team. Of course, I chose the Steelers. And I was basically the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers in VR. And when I first started playing this, I was blown away by this. You actually crouch down, put your hands under the center's butt, have the center snap the ball to you. You drop back. You put the ball back by your ear. Scope out your receivers and fire the ball. And for the first, like... 
five plays that I played in this, I was like, oh my God, I'll never need another VR game. And then things started going wrong. For example, I discovered eventually that where you take the snap from the center's butt, it's not really the center's butt. It's like this imaginary green cube that's inside the game world that you need to put your hands in. And what happened was, after a while, the cube like wandered away from the center. And so... Like, after the fourth or fifth play, I was, like, standing a foot and a half behind the center trying to take the snap to put my hands in the green cube because it wouldn't snap the ball Mm. unless you had your hands in the green cube. But the first four or five plays that I played this, and when I played football in high school, I was a quarterback. That was the position that I played. And I played, like, defensive end and cornerback on defense. But I played quarterback on offense. Completely realistic. Like when you watch people play football and you watch like a quarterback play, you're always like, oh, he has all the time in the world back there. You don't. And especially in the NFL, you don't, man. People get on you fast. Again, watching on TV doesn't really sell the speed of the game until you're in there. And so at the first four or five plays, I completed them perfectly. The timing was great. Then the game started going a little high, uh, hay- haywire with like the snapping mechanic. And then it just got to where it, at least I felt where I was throwing the ball wasn't accurate. And that's when I stopped playing. Like I started throwing the ball and it was just like going way over the receiver's heads or it was going like going way too short. I don't know why the more I played this, the more buggy and weird it got, but it did. But I'll say this for the first like 15 or 20 minutes that I played this, I was like, hot damn, this is like a a VR dream for a sports fan. Um, Just having this view and throwing like, you know, to the Steelers, it was pretty awesome. I was pretty impressed with this at first, and again, the more I played it, the less I enjoyed it. Um, AJ the Legend Watson says, imagine Aaron Donald full speed headed your way. Exactly. Um, And I didn't get to play enough of this to figure out, because you can see it's like Steelers versus Steelers, but there goes TJ Watt, and he's just as fast as Aaron Donald, and he was on my ass. I I ended up getting sacked like the last five plays I played. There just wasn't enough time to get the ball off before I started getting sacked. But you can see there's the green box I was talking about. It's already away from his butt now. Before, it was under his butt, where you're supposed to take the snap. It's now inched back about six inches. Next play, it's another foot back. Like So, I don't know. It seems like it's buggy or broken. That's not a difference between like the type of play? It's no, just... uh-uh. No. Like, you, you always need your put your... Unless it's a shotgun, you always have your hands under the butt of the center when you take a snap. You're never a foot behind the center. That's not how it works. So, anyway, I thought this was cool. I also did not get motion sick playing this game at all. I was able to play through it, no problem. Next up. Resident Evil Village VR. Matt, this is where I thought I had I was good. Cuz I started playing this and this is a game where you do move around in real time through the environments. And like you use the right stick to kind of like tick around like as if you're a clock and then you can choose the direction that you want to go forward. It's a little bit like tank controls mm-hmm. from the old Resident Evil games to be honest. Is there no smooth? I don't even know what that means honestly. Inter- like not ticking like just hold the right stick and turn. No, smoothly. in this it ticks around like a like the hands of a clock kind hmm. of. Um, but I started playing this and I'm like I'm doing it. <laughs> like I'm walking through these hallways. I got my knife. I got my shotgun. And I was like, holy crap! Maybe PlayStation VR. I'm not gonna get sick from playing it. And then, <laughs> so this is like all the tutorial stuff where they teach you like the basics or whatever, how to pull your knife off your arm. This is where I first started learning that every game, like if you grab something, you got to hold it. So watch, I pull the knife off, I let go of the button, and it just appears back on the arm. 
And I, it took me a few times to learn how to do that. Like, you have to keep holding the button on the controller to keep a hold mm-hmm. of the knife. If you release it, the knife appears back on your arm yeah. again. You have to pull it again. Well, if you, if you stop holding something, it drops. It's true. I mean, it's realistic, yeah. but it became annoying. Like, I was like, this is when realism goes wrong, basically. But, man, here, I got the knife out. I'm smashing up the boxes. Like, I, it's hard to put into words how that feels if you're a fan of Resident Evil. Being in VR and doing all this stuff really yourself. Like, it's a revelation. So I got through this. This was like the tutorial. And you go to like a, a gun range where they give you like your first handgun. And you go and you shoot that in the range. And then they give you your first shotgun. You have to go back and get it at the tool desk and get it. And then you go back. And I did have problems using the shotgun. So you pull it out. And then it's like instructing you to put your hand on it and pump it. Like it wouldn't register that I was pumping the shotgun to like load it after I'd already loaded the shells into it. Um, after I fired a shot, I had problems like, again, reloading it, doing the part of it. It just wasn't registering it. So I had a little bit of problems with this. But then after you get out of the shooting range, you go into the game proper. And it literally just starts you out just like the beginning of the game. You're laying in the snow. Your cell phone's laying next to you. You get a message as soon as... And I started playing the game and I started getting through this. And I was like, oh my God, PlayStation VR 2 over the hump. I'm going to be able to play VR now. And I'll just say this, Matt. Playing through the first section of this, where you're walking through the pitch black woods in a snowstorm, is scary AF. Doing this stuff in VR compared to playing it, just the 2D version of this game, it's an entirely different world. So I'm walking through the woods. I hear like this noise. I look up exactly where I heard it. Because the other thing too... The 3D audio in PlayStation VR is awesome. So I didn't even use the headphones that were in PlayStation VR 2. I used my own headphones, Mm -hmm. which is a little awkward because the headset does kind of come down over the top of your ears a little bit. I managed to get it to work okay. But I plugged in a really good set of headphones, and it blew my mind. The 3D audio in this is incredible. Like, I heard a scuffling up to the right. I look up to the right, and snow and a rock comes falling off of a cliff down at me. I was like, holy crap. So I keep trudging through the woods. Eventually, I hear like a moaning or whatever. I come up over this little rise and I see something run. Like through the pitch dark, I could hardly see it. And then I see like his legs. And I was like, oh, like it's just, it was intense. Like I realize right now, you guys think the B-roll ended? It didn't. That's how dark this game is when you first start playing. I'll skip forward so you maybe you can see a little bit better. So Matt... I make it all the way through the woods and I'm like, holy crap, I am home free. This is freaking awesome. Like, again, it's hard to put into words how much more affecting this is than playing it in 2D. And I get to the first indoor area, a cabin, and that's where it all went down the jitter. That's where I got my first pang. So what I've noticed is things that I'm not expecting make me sick. So if I step down off of something and it's very abrupt, makes me sick. If I step up on something and it makes me jump up higher than my brain is anticipating, makes me sick. If I go to turn and I turn faster or slower, <laughs> makes me sick. You see me playing with a dead bird? <laughs> makes me sick. So I got inside for the first time and five minutes later, I was done. I was done mm-hmm. with PlayStation VR 2 because it made me that sick. Did you not play Horizon? So I stopped. Mm-hmm. It took me four hours before I felt good enough. I will say when inevitably the next VR 
thing that needs to be addressed pops up and you have to borrow it again, uh, try Dramamine. I'm gonna. I will try something like that for sure. Because mm-hmm. if you can get through this section okay, and it was just like the novelty of the turning and the how, like I think you can get over that hump with some with some assistance there. I, yeah. th- I think if if because because it, it does seem like the the higher fidelity and the smoother motion of the new of the it new helped. hardware does help. It did help. So I Absolutely. think I think with a little a little bit of, of medical shielding, I think you might be able to pull that. I off. might. Um, I was impressed that I made it this far, and again. I was in the room for a couple of minutes before I started getting sick, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got kind of disoriented mm. in the room and I was trying to figure out the right way out and I had to really start relying on the locomotion and the looking, that's when I started getting sick. And then I like walked through a doorway and it like dropped down a little bit and I got disoriented and then my stomach was like, F you, Shane. And that's when I knew I needed to stop. Hmm. And so I did. Um, still, I'll so say So how long this, did you play total that first? Like, like well, not counting games like this, I played for like an hour and a half or two hours. Mm. Then I played this, and I lasted like fifteen or twenty minutes, which is still better than mm. it was with PlayStation VR One, where I would last like ten minutes before I was like violently ill. This, I played this demo for like fifteen minutes, and I could just tell that like I need to stop, mm-hmm. and so I preemptively stopped before I got really sick, and then like a few hours later, I had dinner. And chilled out for a little bit, went back, and then I played Horizon. And Horizon's, like, mind-blowing. Like, it is undoubtedly the creme de la creme of the launch lineup for PlayStation VR 2. Yeah. It, it just is. Like, and what I played at that, I did Since not... Since they didn't get Half-Life Alex. Yeah, exactly. I, I would love to play that, by the way. Yeah, I, I would be... Uh... If they put Half-Life Alex on here, I would be much less harsh about the 500 bucks I spent on it. Yeah. Um, or you know the other thing that will make me not regret that purchase is if they eventually someone they eventually do jailbreak it for PC. Yeah, like being able to use this on PC, I would be, be great, super happy. Yeah. Um, so I did play Horizon Call of the Mountain, and I the demo only lets you play I think twenty or twenty five minutes before it cuts mm-hmm. you off. But I got to try pretty much everything. That should give you like almost all the main, all the basic. Yeah, all elements. the tenets of the game. Yeah. So I got to climb. I got to shoot the gun or the bow. Mm. I got to mess around with like the objects and stuff, which still blows my effing mind. Um, but it is undoubtedly the cream of the PlayStation VR 2 launch crop. So I guess to sum it all up, um, if you're someone like me who got sick, like really sick from early VR, PlayStation VR 1, this probably isn't going to solve it for you. But I do think that if you're someone who it took like extremes for you to get ill playing VR, I think this might get you over the hump. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be able to play this without getting sick at all. And I wouldn't say just, and I'm not going to say buy it. I'm not going to make a mistake I made on PlayStation VR 1 than telling you guys to buy it. I will say try it. Um, try. I don't even know if there are demos with how COVID you try and stuff. It. Like, no, how do you try isn't. it? Like, that stuff's kind of... You got to know, know a friend who bought one, basically. Yeah, that's, it. that's tough. Yeah. And I would not recommend playing buying this without trying it. I just wouldn't. Unless you yeah. already know you're good in VR. And if that's the case, and you like VR, I think you probably would want to buy this, man. Because, mm. man, the technology in this for the price oh, is yeah. insane. But, like, I just, the support, I just don't trust it. I get and it. Like, I, there's a non-zero chance a year from now you can get it for, like, half price it's true. clearance or something. Because, you know, who knows? It is impressive, though, man. It is. It's very, it's, it's. It's a really good VR experience. Um, I had some just, moments that literally remind my mind. It's just too bad you can't go experience it for like 10 bucks for 30 minutes it's or true. something somewhere. Yeah. You know? It's a shame that there's no place to go and like give it a go because of COVID or whatever. They're, just, they're not going to let you put on 
stuff like that anymore after yeah. somebody else. like if they we'll see i mean if they if sony miraculously does like come up with you know near the end of the year we're seeing like stuff in the state of play where like here's the vr slate for the first half of 2024 and like you know robust stuff and here's half like alex you know my tune on that might change but for now this thing's a giant wait and see it is um but again there was just some moment there's Oh yeah. There's no sure. replicating VR, man. It just no. changes things. Like it just sucks you into whatever world is there. Yeah, I mean again, it's like if you can spend, you know, the $600 plus tax, like if you can spend the $600 and never think about it again, you'll have some good stuff in it. Yeah. You'll have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know, your biggest concern is going to be like, where am I going to put the fucking thing? Yeah. It's never going to be a daily driver. No, not at all. But that's the other nice thing about this, though, is there's. But it's again, it's another fun thing to pull out. But yeah. like, I have told all my friends that no, that oh, you got that? I'm like, yeah, I got it. Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm like, everyone, come try it. Like, yeah. I believe every every person who comes over and tries this thing gonna make me feel better about buying it. Like, <laughs> the more the more it gets used. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say this: like, I um. I was pleasantly surprised by PlayStation VR 2. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I really wish... I, I probably would buy it if it didn't mm. make me sick. Yeah, I would also be less harsh on it if the PSVR 1 games worked on it. Right. Which, again, some help. of those... I, would, I, you know, I wouldn't be so concerned about the lack of Astro Bot. Right. Because you, know, you could play the old one. Yeah. Or, <coughs> or your old favorite. You know, it's weird to me that some... It's weird to me that, like, you know... Robinson the Journey doesn't even work on PS5. That's insane. Like what is like why? What, yeah. what I mean, happened? I'm, I'm very thankful that I had Matt to loan it to me, honestly. Like mm -hmm. I really I did really enjoy the time I spent with it before I played Village. If you can handle VR without getting sick, Village is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> That's because I just started like fast forwarding mm -hmm. through the game. Yeah, in the, my the, mind. And I was like, oh my god, like some of the moments in that game are gonna be so intense yeah, like one of the big jumps for this is like you know and probably specific to this more because it's a console and not just like you know the oculus or whatever yeah is or the quest or a meta whatever the hell we're supposed to call it now. yeah who cares he <laughs> shut the metaverse down this week it's over i don't care anymore um is like you know playing something like resident evil village or horizon or gran turismo is like you are not getting a weird filtered version of the game yeah. in that headset anymore you are pretty much seeing what you see on the tv it's true there and is screen dooring though there is some I, yeah is i was some, able to pick up but it's way way better oh yeah like it's it, just it's like this grain almost it's over the screen instead yeah. of literally like a grid <laughs> like yeah it's, it's more of, it's more of a background thing right it's, it's almost like it's more like it's what it's like if you look closely at a theater screen you can see that it's being projected on this screen right yeah that's a good way to put you it. you know whereas before it was like there's something between me, me and, and the what game. i'm seeing yeah, yeah it's that's the difference yeah it's not a screen door it's, it's almost a, like a, a very faint filter over yeah everything and you see it in like horizon i don't know if you saw it in Flat horizon colors like that goofy you, game i played that's where you really noticed yeah, it. or like horizon i don't know if it let you get it far enough to talk to the talk to people like yeah off out of the boat like yeah. the, 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 like aloy and everybody mm -hmm. um you can kind of see like they're a little blurrier than they should be at like f six feet away yeah thing. like there's a little haze around them i do wonder there. if that's part of the foveated rendering stuff or... i think that's some of that but also it, just, it doesn't there's something there that's not quite right and it's gone when you look right at somebody so it probably is the foveated rendering but like there's something about the way a group of people looks that that's not what a group of people looks like in terms of focus right. yeah uh the eye tracking in this is so damn good it's very good i can't believe there's not a game that's just eye track shooter 
Yeah. Literally, a competitive shooter where you just look. You know what? You I can want, look fast. I, mean, I know like, this This is dumb, and that, but you'd have to sell for like a dollar or something. I want to play Space Harrier. Like a, like a weird VR version of Space Harrier Afterburner. Yeah, like where, where it's all aimed with my eyes. Yeah. Like I, or, or Missile Command or something. Yeah. Give me trackball games with my eyes. That like would give be me a Call thing of Duty where you aim with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, seriously. I, I, do think, like, the, I do think the bow in Horizon is so accurate because they are looking where you're looking. Oh, I think the guns in Village, you. same deal. Yeah, I think they're, they're using that to help aim properly. I, I, I agree. Because Absolutely. I am miraculously way more accurate in the PSVR 2 <laughs> games than I normally am in, in other, other, other VR games. Yeah. So, I had a lot of fun with it, though. Um, and I'm guessing most people will if they don't get sick. Even I, who got deathly ill from PlayStation VR 1, I still managed to have a lot of fun with this before it, it became too much for me. So, um, Sneaky asks, how would you feel, let's say, if you did spend 600 on it? I would regret it because I can't play the best games without getting sick. So, I yeah. mean, all these other games that I just showed you guys and talked about, they're diversions. Like, they're fun for, like, yeah, 40 toys. minutes. Like, yeah, they're toys to fill around with. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be able to play real games in VR yeah. and go and into real worlds. You can play real games with this. You can. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like I would definitely go through. You know, I, I can. I mean, I don't actually like Resident Evil Village that much, but I could see myself going through. Like, if they did a VR version of Resident Evil Four remake, yeah, I could see myself playing through that whole thing in VR. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, again, like when I was in these worlds. I was like sticking my face right up against objects, and it's like they're solid. And it's like they're mm-hmm. there. Like the yeah, edges with the, are just razor sharp. I mean, like, playing with—I mean, that's probably because Horizon's the first thing I play. But playing with the little objects in that first little camp you come across is like, oh, oh yeah, wow. Look what, you, look what you're like. Oh, okay, and I will open things. That's I can pick this thing up and put that in there. I'm like, oh, it broke. I'm like, oh, I can do that. Like it was oh, like this. I can con- play with the tambourine, and it plays yeah. like a real tambourine. It was this constant. Oh, I can throw it up and catch it. Can I can throw two things. Up? I can juggle things. I was like, I did. I, I spent like ten minutes in that freaking camp, just like messing with everything, and it's brilliant that that's there because it yeah. teaches you all these various things. I did notice that I clang the controllers a good bit. Yeah, like climbing. when I would use the bow, clang. For me, it was it was hand over handing sideways. That did it sometimes. Yeah. it happened a couple times in Village. I also and did you get far enough in that to see like how like there's multiple ways to climb up thing? You know, you don't. No. you're not you're not really stuck in one no, pathway. No, it it's probably too early. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, like the things get the climbing sections are large enough that you have. Like, oh, you, if you go up this way, you'll go up some vines over here. But if you went this way, you'd kind of go up the slope and kind of go sideways longer. Like, it, yeah. the, the, it, if, it is there to allow... It's not about, like... And this is actually partly funny because it's a complaint I had about Horizon 1. Yeah. It was like, it's not about you trying to detect where the path up is. It's about... Oh, I can. I see where I'm supposed to go, and like, oh, I could have gone that way too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's, it's that kind of thing. Far, like, it's, it's just a way to not let people get stuck. Yeah. And it's more interesting in VR, I think, because you have to predict where people are looking in a way that just isn't present in normal a yeah. non-VR game. Yeah. So I, I think they did a good job on that. Yeah. Um. And then it's, it's and then like when I was stabbing the boxes, I like punched my door. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty crazy how when you start, and again, I haven't really. Yeah, every once in a while, this. you take that headset off. You're like, "Oh, I'm here." I can't like, believe where I want. I was going to say, yeah. like, you you play it for like 20 minutes, and then you hit the button, to, and you're like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, yeah. the door is like <laughs> right up against my face. It's crazy. Mm. Like, well, I was always wonder. I mean, this isn't as much of a deal, but like when I lived with uh, with Elisa, I was always like. I was like, oh, da, da, da. I was always worried that one day I was going to take the headset. She'd be right there. Because yeah, you never know. Like, I would never, ever literally know. Literally, you like, are in another world. You have no idea where, what you're doing with your physical body mm-hmm. back in the real world. It's 
again. You, you never know when your wife is in the other room looking at She's like, <sighs> just, oh, my wife left. <laughs> I came out of my long VR session and she was gone. She sent me a text message like, going to Costco. You're being in there and being a weirdo. So anyway, <laughs> um, I did have fun with it. $600 of fun. If I could only do it in 15 minute bursts, probably not going to work for me, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, any other questions here? Um, Swan, I didn't get ill. My eyes just got tired after a few hours, so I had to pace myself with PlayStation VR 1. I didn't really find eye fatigue to be an issue for me. No, with I this. didn't. I actually, I mean, I put my contacts in just for this, and sometimes my contacts will start to get tired. I had my contacts in for like 12 hours that day and did not have any eye strain problems at all. In fact, I could have gone longer, but I had other stuff to do that night. Yeah. Um, minority game, should I get it? I've never tried VR. No idea. I would not tell you to get it, man, because you just don't know. Like, I mean, get it from Amazon so you can return it. Maybe that, that might be. The way I mean, I don't do know it. if that's even available. I don't. Yet. Mean, I don't know either. But I would not buy it without trying. I know when I I ordered it from direct from Sony because the only place I could find to order it, yeah, to pre-order it, and like. I, I had to click through a bunch of stuff that was like basically like you own this forever and you can never bring it anywhere near a Sony building again. Essentially, yeah. you know, like it's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, but there's, I don't think there's a huge robust return policy unless yeah. there's something broken on it. I, I would argue, do not buy VR unless you can try it first. I just yeah. wouldn't because you don't know, and not just try it. Like, make sure you play a game where you are moving through the world in VR, like mm-hmm. freely, not just teleporting moving like you're playing any other game there's a hallway i'm walking down that hallway and i'm pulling up my gun to shoot until you try that and you know that you're going to be okay do not buy vr Mm -hmm. that's the x factor and you just there's really no way to know like i can ride roller coasters all day i was talking to my wife about it she's like i can't believe because i was pissed man i walked Mm -hmm. out i'm like motherfucker i can't do vr man like what the hell i've waited my whole life for this great piece of kid here i still can't do it she's like i don't understand she's like the last time you and i went to six flags she's like you rode roller coasters all day but the motion on your body is matching what your brain is seeing through your eyes she's like i couldn't keep up with you she's like within two hours i was sick and she can like read and type in a car and not get car sick Mm. and i took i go to amusement park with her within two hours she's done and i'm like i'm raring to go like i I ride all damn day Mm. and so this, knowing whether you're already prone to motion sickness or not does not determine whether you can play VR no, either. It's a different thing. It is. Part, I mean, part of it's because in general, our brains do not have context for what happens in VR. Yeah. And like I said, I do not get sick in VR. I don't get sick for any from anything really. Yeah. Um. But like, uh, like the closest I got was in Gran Turismo when it, I started to get a little sick. Something would happen that in a car would throw my body one way or the other. And it didn't happen, and my brain was like, I could feel it get vertigo from like, wait, why didn't that? Why didn't we feel the g-force on that? Yeah, it was the expectation of that, and I don't. Apparently, my brain doesn't have that problem when it's just walking around in a, in VR. But when it's such a familiar set, and that's also, I played driving games before in VR, never had. I've only had that sensation in Gran Turismo Seven, mm-hmm. and I think it's because. It's so convincing. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. so convincing. I am literally sitting in my car, in my literal car. And, like, that was one of the big sensations. Like, oh, I'm driving my car. And, like, and my brain lost its mind a little bit. Yeah. So like, a couple of those turns, it was like, why didn't that, why didn't we feel that turn? First and thing that happened The other me, thing about, did you play GT7? I did, yeah. One of the things that I, I, I was thinking about, why was I better at that than I know? One of it is, one of, one of the things is, 
that subtle bit of how I can kind of turn my head and see the curve coming up mm. in a way you can't, you couldn't without like some yeah. kind of device in. Makes in, a difference. Yeah. Like the fact that the anticipation of what's coming up by being able to look out the window that way, yeah. and you don't you don't think about because you've been driving for thirty yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. But like I the fact that. all of a sudden you can do that in a way you can't do it in a normal video game. Like yeah, that, that's a huge difference. I can see that. Like the ability to see past that a frame bar. Like just sort of a, a, a quick little look. Yeah. Like I never need to look at that that mini map. Yeah. Because I can see what the track is yeah, doing up yeah. ahead. You know it's coming. Like that's a big difference, and it's it and it's also amazing to me how quickly you adjust to being able to do that. Mm-hmm. How quickly it becomes second nature to just what do you're that. Just, you're just yeah. being yourself. Is what you do when you drive. But it's so conv- it's so convincing. Like GT7 is really the most impressive thing. Of, I mean, all the stuff with the, the, I mean, in terms of showing the hardware off, in terms of like what it can do, what the controllers can do, like Horizon's object stuff is probably the most impressive. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like, like just taking me and saying like, hey, that, changing how you play, yeah, or this thing about like, hey, here's how you see this game you've played for ten hours completely differently, or here's how you, here's simulating this thing you do all the time in real life, but I'm gonna trick you into thinking you're doing it like for brief seconds. Yeah, like nothing's been able to do that on the level of that GT7. Thing. I enjoyed it, but it's, it did good. start to make me sick. The first thing that happens to me when I'm starting to get sick from VR, the back of my neck starts to sweat. Hmm. Bizarre. As soon as that happens, I'm like, here we go. Hmm. <laughs> and that's when I'm like, I know now. When that happens, time to shut it off. No, I, I don't. For me, I mean, it didn't make me motion sick. But I got for my, I, I didn't let my head do it, obviously. But it, it made my head want to go, whoa, yeah, like that. Like that yeah, that's how happened. it feels. Like yeah. if I drop down, whoa, it's yeah. just like this wave of and a like couple of times orientation. It wasn't that the same thing, but a couple of times I got so into the climbing that I almost fell back because <laughs> I just was looking up too hard. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I would not recommend buying it unless you can give it a go first. But I'll say this overall, I was impressed with the technology. Mm-hmm. And I think probably it's the best VR helmet on the market. So yeah, for, for that price, nothing close. Yeah, in terms of what you get and, and all that, yeah. It, and the controllers work really well. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I can't, ar- I can't argue with the price. Yeah. You, like, you, you get what you pay you for. Get, man, for what you pay. It's just... Yeah. I, if I trusted Sony to support it, you know, robustly for three years or so, I would unhesitatingly recommend it. But right now, it's just like wait and see what they do past the launch window. I just yeah. don't know. I, hear you. I mean, I'm looking forward to that uh, the switchback yeah. next week. Like I'm, I like the first one a lot. So I'm, I'm, and you, you might be able to play that because it's just sit down and yeah, it's like I was able to game. play the last one for PlayStation VR yeah. one. So. so, yep, there you go. That's PlayStation VR two. Now you know what both Matt and I think about it. Next up. A game is starting to... If anybody wants a PSVR 1, by the way. Yeah, I'll give you for $10. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to the dumpster. I mean, literally, it may go... What am I going to do with it? I mean, take it to Gameplay. Or take it to give a, it to somebody. Give, or... you get like 10 bucks credit for something. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Whatever they're, paying. <laughs> Whatever they're paying for PSVR 1 these days. Who knows? Yep. Uh, next, we're going to talk about a game that is starting to bring me over to its side. It was also, we mentioned earlier in the show how there were games that have been in development for a really long time. And this one was right up against the record for the longest development cycle ever. And that is Dead Island 2. For a long time, we just thought it was never coming at all. It's now been revived. It was canceled for it a while. It was canceled I mean, for a long time. Yeah. You worked on something for it years ago. Years and years ago. I saw, yeah. saw a very early version of it that was not a game, yeah. frankly. But like didn't tell didn't tell you anything about what was really gonna go on with it. Yep. Well, now the game is coming and it's almost done. Yeah. It, so at best, I can confirm that it did in fact exist. Yeah. At the time, <laughs> yeah. like and they were trying to make it. It was yeah. not vaporware in that regard. Yeah, yeah. They restarted it in 2019 and now it's just been on a normal development cycle. 
And now it is about to come out on April 21st. This game is going to cost $70, by the way. Um, and that is Dead oh, Island yeah. 2. And this week, they are finally starting to blow out the game. And the more I see of the game, the more I like the game. And so I wanted to talk about it on today's episode because they gave us a nice 15-minute chunk of gameplay that basically walks you through all the mechanics in the game. And there are plenty. I was pleasantly surprised by how deep the combat is. Uh, this demo is set in Bel Air. Um, it's a few hours into the game. Now, don't forget, in this game, you're infected. Um, it's kind of like the last of us you're somehow immune to the zombie virus so you're kind I of think like you're, just, you're taking the the drug that holds it off is that what it is in the in the that that trailer like he was he took something at the beginning of the day and like looked in his eye i, I could oh, that's I got, right that's right yeah that's a good point so you're right there are some kind of drugs that like hold it off so, i was gonna say zombrex but that's uh, <laughs> uh that's, de- that's dead, dead rising, rising. yeah, yeah. I think I have a pill bottle of Zombrex. Yeah, the second one I think I came with it came, it came with like a little yeah. like uh, like a like a box of it. Like yeah, a, like a, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, you do have the zombie virus, and in a minute I'll explain how why that matters because it does give you actual powers. Um, in this demo, you're trying to reach the Beverly Hills Extraction Zone, where you can meet with doctors who are trying to stop the outbreak. Again, this is very much like The Last of Us, almost shamelessly like The Last of Us. Um, you could choose to play from six different characters. This one... I mean, it's also pretty much 28 days later. Yep, it's there. They, they've. It is interesting how they've failed to really come up with new ideas for zombie plots. It's been the same since, like, the 70s, really. Um, you play... In this demo, you're playing as a character named Danny. It's a female. But each character has a set of starting attributes that affect how you'll play. But there's also a skill system that allows you to mold each character to how you actually like to play. Um, what you're seeing right now is the brand new dismemberment tech they call the Flesh System. And honestly, Matt, I think this is the goriest video game I've ever seen. I'm impressed by the uh, the layers of anatomy yes. in this. Like down the, through the muscles and the layers of fat and the shoulder blade, I guess. All of it. Um, actually, it remind, actually it reminds me of uh, Wolverine Origins. Yeah, that cut? caught me off guard, too, with yeah. the gore and the violence. Yeah. So the gore in this, like, they spent a lot of time on it, and it pays off. What you can't hear is that she's talking to someone right there in that intercom. There are other humans out in the world, a lot of them. It's not just like the whole world is overrun by zombies. There's lots of humans who are trying to figure out how to survive in this. A guy speaks to you through that speaker and is, like, trying to get you to help him. And that's how you take side quests throughout the game. Um... The location damage allows you to target individual weaknesses of each enemy. Um, so, you know, you can take out their knees and then, you know, it slows them down. They can't uh, come at you as quickly. A lot There's a lot of strategy and crowd management um, as far as, like, using your weapons. Certain weapons, like a sledgehammer, can be used to, like, clear out, like, four or five zombies at, at once. But if you have a claw hammer, you can kill a zombie, but you can only kill one at a time. So... A lot of the game is figuring out how to manage the crowds of zombies and using the right approach, the right abilities, and the right weapons to make it happen. Um, you saw earlier there's a map. The map helps you kind of map out your direction and to help you get from one place to another, to help you get to the safe houses, and to kind of also figure out kind of what are the dangers in between point A and point B. You can sneak in this game. There is stealth, but who wants to do that in a zombie game, Matt? Like... <laughs> Who wants to stealth around in a zombie game? I think this game was built and designed to go full bore. And I think, oh wow. I think as you start to watch this B-roll, you'll realize that nobody's going to play this game in stealth. Um, yeah, except in the areas where it makes you. Yeah. 
There are you know that's coming. Oh, there will be. Yep. There are guns in the game, but in this demo in particular, they even mention that they only recommend that you use a gun for long long range targets that you can't get to on foot because ammo in this game is extraordinarily scarce. So it has a little bit. Yeah, I mean some, that's that's true to the the original. Yeah, so it has well. shades of survival horror in it as well. The guns are emergency weapons. Pretty much. Yep. Uh, every Once you weapon, got a katana, it was over anyway. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every weapon in the game can be upgraded using workbenches that are scattered around the world. You use DIY mods to create all kinds of crazy possibilities. And in this game, there's elemental buffs. You saw like some of the traps earlier where they were trapping them on like electricity and stuff like that. That carries over to the weapons as well. You can assign them buffs for fire, for electricity, and a bunch of other elements. Um, so you can really get creative with how you create your own weapons in the game and then go out and experiment with them. And that's fun. That's fun in any game, regardless of whether it's a zombie game or not. Um, it's not an open world game, but there are multiple paths that you can take to get to each location. Um, again, the map comes in handy in figuring that out. But also, that's kind of how the first game was as well. Mm, it, yeah, it was. It kind of felt open world, but it was at dis times, it was discrete chunks. Yeah, and this this designed pretty much the same exact way. Um, there's NPCs out in the open world. There's NPC NPCs to meet. There are on the fly challenges that just pop up. There are stashes that you can uncover. Um, if you look around, you can find side missions. Like eventually this B-roll shows off. You go to this house and there's an old geriatric rock star who wants you to clear his garage of zombies. And that's where you, they start showing off like this. Here's some weapons that they have imbued with elemental abilities, like these claws that have electricity. So not only they are they a weapon that will slice up the zombies, they will also electrocute them. And you can use that to crowd control because it will stun the other zombies nearby the zombie that you hit with the claws. Um, there are dozens of zombie types in the game. Each archetype presents a new set of challenges that can be toppled with the help of curveballs. The curveballs are items that you can use, and often they're just like kind of a curveball is just a replacement for a grenade. Uh, but there are these grenades that you use that have special abilities. There's one that they show off called the meatball. So it's a ball of meat that attracts the zombies, and then once the zombies get near it, it explodes. Um, there's tons of iconic LA locations to discover and explore. There are earthquakes and earthquakes and wildfires have contributed to the city's destruction. So there's huge like gaps in the ground where earthquakes have ripped it open. There's houses that have been torn down um, because of the earthquakes and other anomalies. So the city is under siege not just by the zombies, but also by the elements and the natural parts of living in California, which I thought was pretty clever. Um, skills are handed with skill cards. You saw that right at the beginning of the B-roll. They pull up the hand of the cards. There's three different categories that you can choose for the skill cards. You can also have a powerful finisher equipped, which is also a card, um, along with two buffs at a time. And those are called innate skills. And those can be chosen from three different categories. You can even combine cards to create your own specific effects, which could be fun to experiment with. You get, for example, you can build a heavy character that is slow to attack, but doles out big damage, and then uses area effect skills to keep the close zombies at bay until you can make a little more distance and get away and get ready for your next attack. Um, there's also tons of dangers out in the environments, like exploding gas canisters. There's batteries that you need to use to power stuff up. Um, there's gas leaks out in the world. You can chain all those environmental things together to create environmental combos, which is pretty cool. And I think they're gonna show that off right here. The batteries also obviously are used to actually put into things instead of not just for combat. You can actually put them into things to turn on gates and other things like that. Um, don't forget, you're an infected. 
The final combat element is called corrupted DNA. And since you are infected, you can basically initiate these corrupted DNA attacks. They call it fury mode, where you basically become a, a super zombie for a short amount of time. Um, and then in this game, it's very rare where game developers actually promote the fact that they have monster closets in their game. But in this, they they proudly talk about how there are monster closets because once the zombies come out of the monster closets, there's valuable inventory in those monster closets they come out of. So at least in this case, there are monster closets, but there's a functional part to them that actually plays a part inside the game. Um, there's also a variety of zombie types, including some that have explosives located on their bodies that you can target. So some of the enemies are like cops that have grenades or whatever, like strapped around their belt loop. If you're good enough that you can shoot that stuff or you can throw something at it, it will cause it to explode. And then you get the nice chain reaction of it blowing up all the other zombies nearby. Um, and then there's also super zombies they call apex zombies, which are basically the bosses of the game. And they ultimately represent the most challenging enemies in the game. Matt, how are you feeling about this now that we're starting to get a better handle on what it really is and what it's about? Does it feel too similar to the original game? Mm, I mean, no, but it does feel like it doesn't have a lot of ideas that Dying Light didn't already cover. Yeah, I can, um, I can, I can understand that. Like, the gore system is pretty cool, mm -hmm. but how long is that going to assist? Like, yeah. uh, even looking at, like, where you go in just now and, and talk to that, and, like, the, the girl falls over drunk, and yeah. then he's... I, 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 in my head, I was already trying, trying to imagine, what horrible, boring, supposedly funny conversation is this I'm going to have to sit right. through now? <laughs> like, it's like... Yeah, I, I I think the combat looks fun. Like I, I have always enjoyed in the Dead Islands and in the Dying Lights, like kind of the zombie manipulation subgenre kind yeah. of thing. Um, of like, what can I make these guys do, or how can I kill as many and you know the, the traps and stuff. that's cool. I mean, this game has that in space. Yeah, for and sure. it's appealing in the sense that it's in LA. It's fun to see. You know, it's fun when any game takes place in a place you know. Um, I don't know. Like I, in terms of like, I'm looking at it. I'm just like, I wonder how long I'll play this before I just sort of drift away yeah. to something else. You know. Um, well, it's also say, it's also interesting to me that they are not emphasizing the multiplayer as much. Yeah. Because that was certainly half the point of Dead Island One. It was. Was yeah. like a, you know if you weren't playing four player multiplayer, you were probably kind of strong. But that was more in an era where uh, Left 4 Dead was a stronger force. Um, I don't know. Like it looks. I'm guessing they do a separate video that just shows off co-op. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like it looks cool, but like, uh, like you said, there's not really a whole lot new under the sun in in the zombie world. Yeah. Um, it looks better than I thought it was going to look, especially after all this time. Yeah, it is kind of cool to see one of these like with a lot of color and like you know like it's you know it has that saturated look that the original, original Dead Island also had. Yep. Um, because part of the interesting part of Dead Island 1 was it was set on that tropical island and that wasn't really a zombie setting that yeah, you've yeah. really seen much before. Um, you know, at least this doesn't take place in a mall. Right. Um, <laughs> or in an old mansion. Yeah. Or <laughs> I mean, you could, I mean, I do like, you You can really fuck these guys up. Like, yeah. Some... They, I mean, the whole game is set up for you to have fun doing that. Yeah. And that's what, to me, makes it more different than anything else. You're right. The setting is different as well. But the moment-to-moment -moment stuff, it's like... It's encouraging you to get creative with how you kill the zombies. Yeah. And that's fun. I think it's fun. So, I don't know. Like, I kind of don't know until, like, maybe I get my hands on it, maybe. But, like... Definitely gory AF. Yeah, not... I mean, I don't have any, like, strict... You know, any complaints about really what they're doing. It's just more like, I don't know how much more life I got in the in the zombie... 
Here's thing. Fury. Here's the Fury yeah. mode where you are you are take you are basically taking over zombie abilities. Yeah. I also think that's weird. I, for some reason, I don't I don't like the you're already infected thing that yeah. some of these games do. I didn't like because that. you're right. Part of the tension of zombie stuff yeah. is trying to not become infected. Yeah. I mean, that's what The Last of Us is selling on. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's infected? Who's not infected? We got in a skirmish. Did you get bit? Like that's you're right. That is a big part of what makes zombie whatever. Yeah, Tense. And, and it's not like this is the first one to do that, but yeah. like it's just sort of like, all right, I get. I mean, I guess if that's how you want to roll with that, like, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't know what it buys. I mean, obviously, it buys you a new skill tree, but beyond that, like, I, don't, I, I think it's. I guess it doesn't really matter because like it's the kind of the ongoing thing is always like, how come everybody gets attacked by zombies in these games and you lose health and clearly you got hurt, so, but like you're not. But infected. you're not infected, yeah. <laughs> I guess it goes either way. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Eric Cartmenis says, I spent a lot of time on the first one, didn't like Riptide, which was... No, nah, Riptide was not It was great. not great. And he says, but I'm definitely waiting on a sale for this. Okay. I can understand yeah, that, I guess. I mean, that's, that's Again, fair. this is going to be 70 bucks, so... Yeah. That's a that's, little bit of a tough sell. Like, here you're seeing now all the boss, like the Apex zombies, the, the yeah, bosses the that you're going to fight throughout the game. Um, and, you know, have, being someone who lives in L.A., this has a little bit of extra charm. Yeah. That's, yeah, for sure. Uh, because like they are renaming some stuff like well, the yeah, chateau but, marmont they had changed completely to yeah some they're other not name. you're not going to do the stuff that you'd have to license yeah um but i'll again i'll say it i just the I, hollywood sign probably. yeah again i'll say it i just think it's looking way better than i thought it was going to be yeah i mean that's that's true and it actually weirdly does kind of live up to that original trailer with the jogger yeah like it does. A, like the tone of that still kind of holds they just showed a shot of venice beach a second ago too yeah even which is a, literally like a mile and a half yeah, from the original version was going to take place in like a bunch of different cities yeah so probably focusing on one is a better better move yeah it was like, i think i think it was maybe like los angeles uh san francisco I can't remember Chicago and Austin. That's too much. That's just like, too much. It's all, it's, yeah, it's way too. Gonna be way too much. Yeah. Better focus on one thing. I would like to see a San Francisco zombie. That, that would be fun if they do a dead. If they do a three, they start rolling down the hills. They can't stop. Oh themselves. yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> rolling like getting like getting a swarm to chase you up like you know like down Lombard like, Street. Oh no, not Lombard. <laughs> so I'm saying like a Powell. Right. And then you like roll a flaming cable car down on oh, them. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. How absolutely. fun would it be to just ride a cable car down one of the big hills with mm-hmm. the zombies in front of you, and you're just in this cable car, and you just let go and just. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it can be fun. Or like getting on a muni bus and seeing if anyone notices the difference. <laughs> That's a good one, Kyle. You gotta live in San Francisco for that joke. <laughs> you do. <laughs> getting on getting on Muni is like put it, taking your life in your hands. It's, it's like a you, you never know what the hell you're gonna see. There have been zombies on Muni for at least yeah, 25 just no years. one no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> no one... Heroin zombies though. Um, so anyway, uh, that's Dead Island Two. Again, it is coming on April 21st. They couldn't hit 420. I don't know why. Well, uh, distribution just, is distribution. I guess. <laughs> Things come out on Wednesday or Friday, and that's pretty much how we work. <laughs> yep. uh, so it's coming out on April 21st, so only about six weeks to wait. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's kind of up against Fallen Order there. Yeah. Or uh, Certainly two different Jedi games. Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Although both have dismemberment. They do. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Probably a little more graphic in this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway. I'm surprised, but I'm surprised that they, they let you cut the limbs off. Yeah, non droids and creatures. It is surprising. The, I'm, I mean, the people wanted that a yeah. lot. They're loosening so. up a little bit over time. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to see an M-rated Star Wars game. No, but. I don't either. That's about as close as it's going to get. I think. Yeah. Yep. Well, the good news is 
Lightsabers cauterize the wound. Right. There you <laughs> so go. you no don't blood. have to worry about blood. Except in the first movie. Right, yeah, which... When when Ben cuts the cuts Ponda Baba's right. arm off, the, the insert shot is a bloody arm. Yeah. That doesn't look anything like his arm. Right, yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. But. Yep. So anyway, Dead Island 2 is actually coming to everything. Um, well, not Switch, but it's coming to PS4 and PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Um, and again, it launches the 21st, April 21st, for 70 bucks. All right, let's move on to a game Matt has been playing this week. Um, and I did not have time to play this at all, unfortunately. I would like to, and maybe this week I'll try to get some time on the game. <laughs> and that is Like a Dragon, Ishin. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first games to be released after the Yakuza name went away. Mm-hmm. And now that the Yakuza name went away, the Yakuza franchise has changed pretty drastically to a turn-based RPG. But this goes back to the old style of Yakuza game, which is... Yeah, this is the... I mean, because this is a remake of an older game. Yep. From not 2014, is that right? Yeah. not Ken, It's actually the second Samurai Yakuza spinoff. Uh, Kenzan was the first one. Oh. Uh, and then this is the second one. So Kenzan's never come here and probably never will in any yeah. form. This is um, this kind of the pseudo-sequel to that uh, that takes place in the, the... I think it's the mid to late 1800s. Like, there's... there's the West is starting to encroach on Japan. Uh, guns are in Japan. Yeah, people have so guns, they are, um, which is weird. So the the yeah, so Bakamatsu era, because <laughs> basically the 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 arrival of guns was sort of the end of the samurai. Uh, uh, gee, um, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, uh, amazingly. So yeah. this is this is partly about that era of um, you know where you know where where the entire like kind of hierarchy of Japanese society changed because of the encroaching uh, Western influence and, yeah. and the introduction of gunpowder. Yep. Um, after many centuries of isolation, um, and the connection of Yakuza, people are like, "Oh, why is it Yakuza?" So the connection of Yakuza, the Yakuza games is these are historical soap operas, basically. I mean, they're they're based they're the root of the you know the, the root of the Yakuza games is in sort of those those uh, you know uh, battles without honor and humanity style Yakuza movies. The, these are Chambara soap operas on TV, like basically dramas on TV. It's even organized into uh, epi- episodes where like, and each episode does kind of have a little like tune in next week cliffhanger at the end. Yeah. And then when the new ex- next episode chapter starts, like you get a previously on like a Dragonition kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's very structured like a TV show. Um, to its to its uh, strength, that's say. But all the major characters are played played by characters from the Yakuza games. So, like the main character is uh, Kiryu, but he is not Kiryu. He is a, another historical person with a different name. Um, but he just looks and acts very much like Kiryu. So every character from the original uh, Yakuza games is in this game. Um, Playing a character that's very similar to their Yakuza character, but is not that. But it's character. not actually them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's 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 the weird. It's that weird classic Yakuza mix of like a very serious, straight laced melodramatic story with uh, now he's going to fan dance and fight a bear. <laughs> and and then he's going yeah it's very weird it's it, bizarre it, it, you know and you run into weird things where like you know the the side missions the sub stories are all 
you know, one of the sub stories is just to listen to this old woman who won't stop talking and no one will go, come or hang around her because she's so boring. So you have to listen to like these really long stories she tells. And at the end, she quizzes you on them to oh, make sure geez. you were paying attention. And it's like it's, just, it's stuff like that. Yeah. Or like lots of mini games. There's a, there's oh, tons of mini games. There's like there's a there's a thing with um, there's Shogi again. There's there's Mahjong real Shogi. Like you better know how to play Mahjong. If yeah. you're going to play. And like there's a whole tournament for all that stuff. There's dancing, there's karaoke in a weird way. Um, there's all these like various training things. There's a whole, there's a management sim because you end up, the premise is that um, uh, your character, Ryoma, comes back from like a year of training with a samurai school in Edo, which is like the capital. You come back to your old, uh, your old little city, little village city of, uh, I think it's Tosa is the name of it. And you come back and you go meet up with your, you know, your your sworn, but you're, you're, you know, you're an orphan basically who like was raised in by like this this wolves. No, you were raised <laughs> by this. It's very similar to uh, Yakuza, the Yakuza premise, where like you and your sworn brother, not a real, you know, your not your biological brother, your but you're, you grew up together, came up together in the system together, and then you were adopted by what was this? You know, in the, in the Yakuza games, you're adopted by like a Yakuza bigwig, and in this, you're adopted by a guy who's basically working for. Um, uh, what I guess would be called uh, the Shogunate in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get back to town, you find out that basically your your adopted father is integral because he's like a big muckety. He's like he like is the guy who supervises the town for the local show. And the Shogunate is basically portrayed as like a bunch of thugs, mm-hmm. like a bunch of like you know abusive police officers called the Shinsengumi and and all this stuff. And you and your your brother is basically heading up under the supervision of your adopted father. Um, I think it's called like the Tosa Loyalists. So basically, it's it's a group of people that thinks the emperor should be brought back and reinstated, and they're gonna try and overthrow the existing system because they believe the existing system is going to the Bakufuku is going to um, deliver Japan to the West. Okay, and they need the emperor to 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 come in and and create a strong Japan, basically. As as I've said before, these games are very conservative. Yeah. <laughs> in, ter- in in Japan, these 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 are very conservative in not in the sense of like they're crazy right wing conspiracy weirdo people like we think of conservative. It's the classical conservative of like traditional values, loyal to the emperor, like yeah. like nationalism a little bit, but like you know like in in that kind of xenophobic way of like you know we don't need any outside interference sort of thing. Um, and down to the fact that almost all of the sub stories are like weird morality plays of how to behave as a proper citizen. Kind yeah, of I mean, most of the scenarios you come across here are like moral, yes, like decisions that you have to yeah. make. Yeah, um, yeah, and this is like, like this what, one. Like this is when you first get back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously you don't have a decision to make here, but she's yeah. she's hurt, probably has appendicitis, and they need to get her to the Dutch doctor who has the the technology and the setup to help her. Mm-hmm. And the the these like. Uh, these are like mid-level samurai who are like just they're basically like a gang that like rule the, rule the town <laughs> and they they're walking through town so no one can move but she wants to take her daughter and they get in a conflict and so of course your character Ryoma steps, co- steps up and he's like let's go and yeah but basically you you meet with your brother you meet with your adoptive father this is like f- hours in this yeah. is, takes this game like all these games they unfold slowly but you meet with your father and in, as he explains the plan of like your brother is going to lead the the revolution and you are kind of you have been promoted instantly to be like the second hand man the right hand man 
and you're going to go tomorrow and like overthrow them and siege the castle and it's going to be a whole thing. And then a ninja jumps in and kills your father. <laughs> Just like Yakuza. Yeah, and, you know, and then you get framed for the crime. Uh-huh. Well, killing you, your own father. Yeah, and you have to leave and track down the masked man who, kill, who, man killed, who killed your father. Yeah. And it ends up being... That, that becomes the real plot of the game. Yeah, and so you leave this town and go to um, another town. I think it's... Uh, I think it might... I can't remember what the town is because all the cities have different names than the modern Japanese city, modern cities and they remind you of that sometimes but they're all called different things now so I don't know I don't remember which city you're in but it's a much bigger town than this it's very large it's actually very large it might be it might be bigger than the normal Yakuza map in fact once you unlock it, all, mm-hmm. the whole thing um, so there you're trying to because that's your only lead to where because um, the guy who killed the, your father has a very unusual sword style and it's only taught like in one place and only certain number and they all belong to the Shinsengumi that, that and that's how you of, track him down and so, you, so the main plot is actually you join the Shinsengumi ah. to infiltrate them to find out who the guy who did it is by kind of working your way through that whole crew and of course as you the way you do it is always it always ends in horrible conflict but in the end you all respect each other and so they all work for you later <laughs> it's, it's 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 very it's a very formulaic thing but it's, yeah. it works um and so the one thing to note here i am 12 and a half hours into this game um and you know you're in for a long haul when the completion percentage on a game save screen goes into the thousandths oh. place <laughs> I am 12 and a half hours into this game, and I am 5.160% complete with it. Oh, my God. I am 14% complete with the main story. Wow. But. So that's like 100 hours. Yeah. <laughs> all these games. I mean, all these games are like that. They are long. It's a slow burn. Yeah. Um, you get your money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> are you enjoying it? I am. It's, it's I mean. Talk about the combat. So it's again. It is. It is. It's just Yakuza again. Yeah. Uh, the combat is a little. Because it brings guns in. Well, you've, there's always been guns, but it is more of a... The, the more interesting thing is to bring swords in as a standard. Yeah. So the, it does follow the, the modern Yakuza thing of... Um, there's four combat styles you have to work with. Um, there's Brawler, which is barehanded, which you can actually use against swords and th- it's ca- counters and things you can do. It's actually pretty strong in that. There's a Swordsman, which is just you and your katana or whatever. You, know, you can get bigger swords and axes. You know, there's other things later, but like it's basically you and your weapon. Uh, there is um, gunman, which is just gun. It's, it basically, you're basically you're like um, you know, it's gun fu. Essentially, it's like mm-hmm. in Equilibrium, that horrible Christian Bale movie. Um, it, it gets ridiculous. And then there's there's <laughs> like, wind wind dancer. I think it is, which is a sword in one hand and a gun in the other. Yeah, and then, um, that is the showiest style, yeah. probably. And you each you it's just like the others, like more recent ones. You basically the more you, as you level up in each system, as you use it more. I am more leveled up in swordsman and wind dancer right now because I don't use this the gun or un, unarmed very often. And you you earn so it's interesting. You earn. Um, training spheres as you get kind of you know as you use and, and are successful at, at battles and stuff but then as you level up the skill the, the the schools you get uh training spheres for those specific schools and the way it works is the training spheres are like gray and they can be used for any skill in any school no oh, okay and then if you earn uh, the colored, because each school has a different color, like Swordsman's, I think, is red. and So when you earn a, an actual sphere for the specific school, you can replace a training sphere that you've used to get a skill in that school with an actual sphere of that school. And you get that gray training sphere back 
that you can then put in another gotcha. skill, okay. either in that school or another school. So you you can kind of decide what to fi- finalize by using a school's own upgrade spheres to replace training ones you've put that. And you get them the same. Now, there's no like downside to putting a training sphere okay. in versus a, a school-specific sphere. It just frees up those training spheres for you to then upgrade other stuff, um, which is an interesting way of rewarding you for using one school more than the others, but also not... Like, it's so... You're not stuck with one school being fully upgraded and then like, oh, it would be better to use like Wind Dancer here, but I haven't used Wind Dancer, so I have no skills in it. No, you can upgrade those with the same stuff you earn from other schools. You can it's, respect it, it all, Basically, yeah. you can respect. You can kind of, yeah, it's kind of a soft respect yeah. system, which I thought was, I think is clever. Yeah. And it works well here. The only, the only issue I have is um, I don't think the combat system adapts to weapons very well. And I don't think the sword combat is amazing in this. Well, the gun combat is absurd. Because you're literally shooting they're somebody. The, they're the skill sphere yeah. trees there. You're literally shooting someone like a hundred times and they just keep coming. Yeah, I mean, part of that is because you're using, the, the in the in the demo here, you're using the um, the early guns. You can get better guns pretty early. Still, and like you're shooting someone with a gun. It gets, It's just ridiculous. Well, also you have unlimited here. ammo. You don't aim. Like, I mean, it's... it's, it's it's nonsense. But like it's it really is. But the Yakuza games have always been nonsense. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, that's in the part other of games, you, the other games, you wrap a man around a fire hydrant, right? You know, on a, every other. <laughs> I will say the heat actions are not as prominent in this. Um, you know, in the in the normal game, in the mainstream series, you are you know anywhere you're time you're near anything, you can pick up anything and use it. You know, you beat the man to death with a traffic cone. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow nobody dies. Yeah. In this, like same as that, Yakuza. Like, I mean, the enemies I, are damaged. I just beat that man to death with a bicycle. I'm sorry, like he did not get up out, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so hurt. Here's five dollars." He's like, I mean, yeah. and in this, it's like you beat the shit out of a guy with a sword for like, and like you stab it. Like one of the heat motions is you stab him yeah. on the ground through his torso, and they're like, "Oh, we won't mess with you again." Yeah, because you're all dead. I don't know what you're standing up for. Uh, I mean, some um, of the damage that these people take in this game is yeah, outrageous. It's, it's just, like, I mean, it's just nonsense. It's just it really fantasy. Is, it's fantasy yeah. nonsense. You're yeah. not trying to be realistic. This is not realistic. None of it's realistic yeah. this is not a this is not a life simulator in feudal <laughs> japan there's no there's nothing happening here um but yeah it's uh it's fun how but how about like looking at the the pantheon of yakuza games where does this fall um i mean that's kind of hard to say for me because i've i've only dabbled in the last several because they're uh-huh. so big and so long yeah. it's like I would say this is this is mid-range maybe a little i mean i haven't fin- gotten far enough in to see how how far it goes but like it's a little refreshing to be in a different setting. Um, you know, the samurai stuff is cool. Like, I, I mean, again, you're not making new action adventures like this anymore. No, not really. So. And it is like, it's always funny to me that like these these games, despite how wacky the side stuff is, the main stories are very political mm-hmm. and very. I mean, you know, like usually in Yak the mainstream main series. It's usually like a, a land grab deal. Yeah, it's yeah. just some kind of like it's real estate, always, shady real estate stuff. Yeah, it always ends up going um, places. You're like, I don't. Most video games do not traffic no. in these these topics and this one like this does. one does play up the melodrama even more i would say like there's a there's like big dramatic confrontation because your brother remains the head of that kind of league that he was but then buddies up to the to the to the shogunate guys because yeah. he thinks that's the best way to work within the system and your care and ryoma does not agree with that and uh. so there's a whole falling out there and like so there's a very dramatic like his face on this side of the screen and your face on this side of the screen and there's there's like it's like my brother is dead you know, it's, it's like that whole thing it's it's um it's very over the top the conversations in but this it's go fun on it's like that's not, but that's not a criticism so much as it's yeah. like that's what the style is yeah, and, yeah. and it's fun and again, like you say, no one else is doing this. No, there is no other equivalent. Sega's not doing it. 
No. I mean, it stopped. The series now has turned into turn-based RPG. It still has the wacky. Yeah. But the actual yeah. gameplay is completely different now. So Yeah, they shifted shifted over to a very different system. Yeah. And like, you know, in Judgment, the Judgment yeah. spin-off is a very different thing. It, it, too. it is different. Yeah. Although there is there is a subquest in here where you have to determine who who, who, who done it on a certain thing, and he does the Phoenix Wright oh, really? point thing <laughs> when he accuses it's, it's it's very funny. Like there's Fair a lot enough. of funny stuff in this. Yeah. Um like if you can get your kind of your if you can get aligned with the sense of humor this thing has, um, it is pretty funny. Um yeah, I do like it a lot. I don't know if I'm going to get to the whole 100 hours of it, but like um I'd say it's in the upper you know probably in the upper uh half of the Yakuza series. Um is it as good as like 0? No. Zero I I will be surprised if 0 doesn't remain the best game in this franchise forever. Like that is just the pinnacle. Is that your favorite of them all? 0 0 Kiwami is the, is my favorite of all the Yakuza games for sure. Um I think the two Kiwamis are the best. If you're going to start, it's convenient because it's also the game you should start with. Because um, Yakuza Zero is, the, story. is yeah. the first one, and then if you like it, go to go to Yakuza Kiwami, which is the remake of the first one. Yep. And beyond that, if you're still into it, you're hooked, and it doesn't matter how good the other ones are. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, two two Kiwami is also very good. Um, so Zero and the two Kiwami remakes are, I would say, your introduction. And um, beyond that, like whatever you like is pretty. I mean, I would say the the worst. I mean, I don't. I don't dislike any of them. The weakest one might be six. Yeah, I would say five or six are kind of fine. I've dabbled in this series, but I wouldn't say I've ever really connected with it all yeah, that these, well. I mean, I, the Yakuza series. If I was going to do like a like a, if you're going to make me do like a list of my top franchises of all time, Yakuza would be in the top twenty. Like wow. it, it would be in it would be in there. Wow. I really like these. these yeah, are, definitely not for me. No, these are the, these are these are the games I hoped Shenmue would develop into eventually. And I mean, never this did. is kind of what and it is. It, it I mean, is. I, I don't. I think it is a, des, a descendant of yeah. Shenmue for sure. I don't. I, I know they don't really like that comparison at the but, at the you got Gotoku team, but um, it's it's there. Yeah. Especially when it comes at us. You know, I, you're never going to convince me that this wasn't influenced in some way. Certainly, the yeah, original no way. Games. And the I mean, same publisher. Even. I mean, it is fun, some fun to see that, like you know, the the production value is definitely higher. It's fun to go back to the old, the original Yakuza and be like, oh wow, like this was like so different, and it was so much like unvoiced stuff, and it was barely acted out, and now it's you know much more elaborate. And this game still, though, you know, it it is come it did come out for last gen, and you can see it. Like, oh yeah, like the, the, it's the not the, a great looking. The game. Yakuza games have never been uh, lookers. Yeah. They, they've always been as good as they need to be, and that's about it. Uh, and there's very there's very obvious shifts when they suddenly switch because I believe a lot of the stuff is in real the real is real time in the main the cinematic cutscenes but there's such an obvious detailed jump when suddenly it it you know it fades to black a lot and it fades back up and you're like oh, does, we're, yeah. oh we're in a we're in a real cutscene now yeah. yeah there's a difference there's like three levels of cutscenes there's like the big cinematic like this this is a big cinematic scene yeah. Because you can tell, because they're doing all the close-ups, and a, and then there's like my, medium cinematic scenes, which still have camera work and, and voiced stuff, but the text boxes are at the bottom, and you can skip through them if you want. Yep. And then there's sub-story scenes, which are not voiced at all, and they're just the usual text, like kind of classic JRPG, you know, jump through the text boxes thing. Yeah. Um, although they're still acting now, that's the difference. Is like there used to be everybody used to sort of stand around blank-faced and talk. Yeah. the whole time and now they do actually act in all the in even the the low level cutscenes. so that's gotten better but that's been in place since really like yakuza 4 yeah 
Um, Who would you recommend buy this, Matt? Is this a sixty dollars game? Yes, and then there's like, um, and then there's like higher versions. I actually bought the top. Oh, you did. Deluxe. It's Yakuza. Yeah, I, I have all these games. Like I, I've, I have a physical copy on the way too. I, I actually still collect these. These are these are my some of my favorites. Vincent just mentioned in chat that everything, all these games are on uh, Game Pass right now. Yes, yes, except uh, for this one. Yeah, this like, is not on. Game yeah, Pass. Game Pass is a great place to try Yakuza because yeah. it's all on there now. For how long? Who knows? I mean, it's been they've been there for years. Have they? Yeah, for a long time. Interesting. I wonder what kind of deal that is, where they get it. For I don't know, but they've been there for a very time. long time. Also, yeah. every once in a while, they go on sale, especially on Xbox. They go on sale for like five bucks. Yeah, each. Like you can get them cheap if you wait for sales as well. But if you're if you're curious, I wouldn't start with this one. I would start with with zero. Okay, for sure. Also, because zero is the best. Beware if you like zero. It doesn't get that good again, <laughs> but it comes close a couple of times. Do you think people who maybe want this style of Yakuza game to come back, maybe they should support this? So that, yeah, I, mean, I don't. Here's the thing: I don't think that's coming back. I don't either. Um, they did seven of these, and that's, that's enough. enough. Yeah, that's enough. So, there are if you add up all this. I mean, there between this and the the other one, and Dark the the Dead Souls one, which is the zombie uh, alternate universe breakout it's like thing. Like a thousand hours of there's game like a play. thousand hours of gameplay in this series. Yeah, if you even and that's ignoring seven and the upcoming eight and yeah. the two judgment games. Like, yeah, there's plenty of Yakuza already. There's more Yakuza than anyone could ever need. Um, especially since, like, I mean, Yakuza 3, there's an hour-long cutscene where they just sit sit near the beach and talk about orphanages in Okinawa. Like, yeah. there's no, like, just, I remember that. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and look, I love it. I, I, yeah. it's, it's, I'm like part of it's part of it's not super interesting, but then part of me is just like, man, where where else in gaming are you going to get this? <laughs> Maybe there's like, a reason. There why might be a reason, but I'm glad there's else. one yeah. somewhere. That's why I was like, I'm, I'm glad there's one that gave yeah. me that. I don't I don't need I don't need Gear Six to to bring that up. Yeah. I don't I don't need you know. I don't. I don't need the next fable to have a very deep story about a land grab near a castle. Yeah, uh, but like. One series doing that is cool. I, I tend to just get enough dabbling in these games here and there. Yeah. But you know, taste it's, of the mini. But you know, it's, and, it's just you got to figure out what your what your what your limit is on the you know because I can go through and do you know I've done all the you know, especially the early ones I did all the grind stuff with all the all the lockers and all the all the the hostess clubs and you know grinding the the chess the the, the shogi stuff up and all the, and the poker yeah. stuff. I mean, you can you can lose a hundred two hundred hours to per Easily. game on this yeah if you want to go for the platinum or yep, whatever for sure. Um, I will probably not be doing it on this because there's a, there's a moment where you unlock the blacksmith in this, and I looked at all the trees of where I'm like, oh no, I no, can see that's not, a black. Hole. We're not doing that. That's <laughs> yeah. that's going to take a very long time, and I'm doing just fine, thank yeah. you. So generally, you wouldn't recommend this to many people. Um, this is for fans. Yeah. Um, or if you really are interested in this period of history, like that period of like where guns came to the samurai. Like, there's not a lot of games set there. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that's a, it's, a, it's singular in that Because it kind of nullifies the samurai. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a big plot point, yeah. is, is, like, what's going to happen yeah. now that kind of, you know, what we've considered. The swords don't matter yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. and, like, are, are some samurai are adopting guns, and there, some of them are like, that's wrong. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're not a samurai anymore if you're using guns. And there's like, well, we're just adapting to the world. It's like, the world can't adapt. You, you, The samurai can't adapt to the world. The world must adapt to the samurai. And nope. it's like, that's how you get shot. <laughs> yeah, that's how you die. So, <laughs> I mean, clearly your character does not have a problem yeah, yeah. using guns. Exactly. Um, um, it's yeah, you know, and there's a lot of options on that. On what you know, what you want to do the guns, there's long swords, there's you know, there's a lot. The, the, the combat system has, 
a fair amount to offer. It's just a little slippery at times. Um, there's some cheap hits, I think, here and there where like it's like, okay, I saw that coming, but I couldn't quite get to it. I get, I guess. The combat, it, it, like, fights happen a lot. Like just wandering around town, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, just getting from one place to another, you're gonna get in, like three fights on the yeah, way. Yeah, you can there. see in the B-roll there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like weird. There's like, there's fishing. Fishing's kind of fun. It's simple but fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's funny that the fishing. You know, it, I was like, oh, I was expecting like. I guess I forgot the fish, how the fishing really worked in three and the other games. But like, you you throw the line at, near a shadow of a fish, and the fish grabs it. And when the thing pops up, you hit the button. And there's no like fighting of the fish. He just pulls it, it out in like one like huge motion. Goes yosh, and yeah. like, and like suddenly you've just got a carp. It's like okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm very entertained by it. It's it's a fun kind of chill out and sit on the couch and and play this game and not think about it too hard. Yeah. Uh, and like pause the podcast when a cutscene starts, and yep. it's like okay, cool. and then go back to the podcast. The end, yeah, um, but yeah. I, I you, so fans only, basically. Yeah, you know if you want this or not, and if you haven't played Yakuza, this is again not what I would suggest starting with. It does kind of assume you know how a lot of this works already. It it explains everything, but I think the best onboarding for this is zero, uh, in part because it also helps to know the characters because it does assume you know the characters from Yakuza because when a certain type, like a certain character shows up in this, it definitely assumes you know how that character is going to behave because of how they behave in the Yakuza games. Oh, gotcha. So it's very much like, oh, if a character is kind of like, um, you know, know, carefree and sort of like rude in Yakuza, they're going to be that in this. And they're going to, like, before you, one of the classic Yakuza things is before you know somebody's name, their name on the little dialogue boxes is whatever, you know, Kiryu's or Yoma's in this case is like perception of them is mm. and like um like sometimes you'll get things like dumbass Ronin <laughs> and stuff and you're like oh no he thinks he and like this character isn't a dumbass but he thinks he is because oh, your char- your character would see the character behaving that way as a dumbass instead that perception and then like you each plays it with his name once you're in but, but if you know that character from the original games you're like oh yeah Kiryu absolutely does think that character is a dumbass. Like so, like it's it, gotcha. it's like things. It's little things it like rewards that. fans. Yeah, for sure. There's like you know, there's another guy who shows up. First time you run into him, he's a known antagonist, but also sometimes a an ally if you prove yourself to him. And he shows up in a bathhouse, and so you have to have a big fight with him. But you're both naked in the steam room, <laughs> but the little clouds of steam cover Are your crotches right and just move with you as you. <laughs> it's it's funny. It, it's, it's Yakuza. I yeah, mean, that's what it does. It's uh, I think it's you like, know by now whether you yeah, like it or it's not. It's like nothing else. Yeah, and you either get it or you don't. It's not for everybody for sure. Yeah. But I'm glad it's for enough people that they've made like they made ten more. of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's Like a Dragon Ishin. Matt only recommends it to fans of Yakuza. All right, our last topic for episode 333, another game that Matt's been spending time with mm. on his brand new beast of a PC. Which and that is, is absolutely com- wasted on this, I might add. <laughs> it probably is. And that is Company of Heroes 3. Once, once upon a time, though, Matt, it would not have been wasted on that rig. Company of Heroes used to be, mm-hmm. like... A benchmark game. Yeah, two in particular. Yeah, it was one of those games where you're like, oh, I just got a new mm. graphics card. Let me check out Company of Heroes 2. And the physics stuff back yeah, in the right, day. Right. Like, that was yep. a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're saying now it's not the case with Company of Heroes 3? I don't think this game is 
feels like it's pushing too much in that regard. No, it fine. It looks good. It's nice, but like no, I, don't, I this does not feel like it's techn- technologically as ambitious as say you would have expected from Company Heroes Two. Well, I wonder why that is. I wonder if the studio just lost talent, just fell behind the I times. Don't know. Like it's been a long time since the last one came out. It has, it's been like ten years. Yeah, it's insane. Um, I don't know. Um, there are a lot. I mean, they did change a lot. In, in terms the, of in, in terms of how the campaigns work and stuff. I mean the gameplay is still the same, the same RTS, you know, sort of paper rock scissors, flanking cover, like you know, it's so, I mean base level. This is an RTS set in World War II. This particular one is set in the Italian and African theaters, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. The the campaign there's an African campaign and a and an Italian campaign, which are so for so first in this, there've always been different campaigns in in these this is a very both campaigns actually play very differently in this. So the so the North Africa campaign plays very much like a standard uh, Company Heroes. It's a series of of missions strung together by a story. Right. The Italian campaign plays um, how to describe it. It's li- it actually plays like the um, if you've ever played the Dawn of War games, mm-hmm. you know the Warhammer. Yeah. Also by Relic. Um, you know how they used to have, um, like, especially Soulstorm and uh, um, Dark Crusade, that you could you picked your your character and you went through like a big map, and like you had to take over places, and it was almost like a, like a turn based strategy yeah, game in yeah, between. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's how the Italian campaign works. Interesting. Except even more. Different. So like you, so you'll play like a like a like a mission to to, to secure a city, and then you go back to the like a big like a larger like like bird's eye view campaign view of like the area of Italy you're in and then and you've got units on it like you can move your units around on the ground it's turn based like you can move to the city and then like you can either take over the city or if it needs like defense taken down you can either soften it up or you can you have you have like ships on off the coast that can bombard them or you can you know and like you have to kind of secure supply lines and, t- and then like the and, and you have to you can only move a certain amount per per unit per turn so you have to end turn and the enemy takes their turn and like if the germans move into like a city you you're you already taken over you better move units back in there and then if, so basically and that can just be the whole section like you can take over town with no real-time strategy battle wow um you but if like a key location like salerno early on is one of like the key locations you're fighting over you have to play a real-time strategy battle to take over salerno and then to hold it if they send units to try to take it back you have to play like a real-time strategy defense mission okay against it and usually those are clever it is and like and that's more or less what um you know uh, those those uh, Dawn of War games did. It's similar to sort of you know, rudimentarily more was sort of like what uh, Rise of Nations did. They had that conquer the world mode. Yeah. Um, even the Total War games, you know the the war the Warhammer things. Like you know you've got a, you've got a world map that you deal with. But this is just a much more active thing. The Total War games, I'll be honest with you, Matt, are too much. They are a lot. They are. I, don't, I start. I don't disagree them, with you. On I that. get like an hour and a half into them, and I'm like, dude, this is I'm overwhelmed. You got it. It's their lifestyle games, yeah. as, as many would say. Like, you know, and I will say if there is there are themes for the Total War games that would get me to really dive in. They have not done one of those really. Yeah. Um, like if you were to do, like if you did a Star Wars game like yeah. that, I'd be in. If you did, it probably would get me over the hump. If you did a Lord of the Rings Total War, I'd be in. If you did, honestly, if you did a Warhammer 40k Total War, I'd probably be in because I think that's more interesting than the fantasy Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the, so this is definitely the most. 
um, robust, the, the most like involved any kind of the campaign turn-based map has ever been in any of Relic's games. Um, I should not- also mention before we go any further, you're seeing in the lower third there, it says it's, it's available for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Those versions are coming later. Yeah. Right now, it's later. only available for PC. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But yeah, okay. we'll see if that actually even, if those even get end up getting released. Um, I, w- I will say that... Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very... There's tactical pause, which yeah. is something that was instituted in two, right? Yeah, yeah you could do that in two. Basically, yeah. so it's basically so you can give orders to everybody all at once right. to adapt to the changing situations, which is necessary. It's very... Ne- I will say... Uh, in two as well, but even more so in this, your units fight on their own pretty smart. Yeah. Like, you don't need to babysit units too well unless you run into something you really weren't ready for, yep. um, which I appreciate. Uh, the only thing... I I am mixed on how this game plays out. Um, on one hand, I think the real-time strategy parts, um, they're not bad, but, and again, this is me saying this, mm-hmm. I feel like I've done it all already. Yeah. Um, I feel like that when I play almost every RTS anymore. But this one in I particular, I don't feel like anymore. anything in the RTS part has really been beefed up or improved or tweet- tweaked beyond what was already there in Call of Company of Heroes 2. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't like Company of Heroes 2, but it's ju- it just feels like I'm doing the same thing in a different location. And uh, the other, th- and as a history nerd, I'll admit a bias here. I don't give a shit about the Italian or, or African campaigns in World War II. Like, yeah. I will. I mean, I know like the, the European stuff is overdone. Yeah, but who cares? It's partly. <laughs> it's part, it's, one of the reasons it's yeah. overdone is because that's the fucking climax of the story. Of like, yeah. like I think it's the, the final you know, act. It's you know, I think the original, the first one covers you know Normandy and the invasion of France and like kind of the the push to Berlin, and the second one covers the the Soviet front and Stalingrad and and kind of the push back against the Germans through the winter and all. I mean, just that is the you know the meat of the interesting part of World War Two yeah. in the Euro- European theater and. This is like, yeah, that time they all got kind of bogged down in Africa with tank battles because, like, they couldn't, none of them could quite give up their colonial shit right. yet yeah. until <laughs> the United Nations kind of made them. Yeah. And then it, Italy, I mean, I know the invasion of Italy was necessary, but it just feels so low stakes. It, well, in the grand but, scheme of things, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, well, especially because, I mean, you don't know that at the time, but you know now that, like, you know, the, the, the Italian yeah. fascist government was just going to roll over and Mussolini was going to. You know, the, the Italian people were going to take care of that themselves. Right. In the end. Yeah. And um, it just doesn't. I mean, there's a part of me that like really wishes, especially with the 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 map, you know, the large map, the turn-based tactical strategic map, which by the way is too complicated and takes forever. I mean, it, I was five hours into this and it was still explaining parts of that map to me. Yeah. It's too much. It it's really a, it, it does it's, a lot of hand actually, it's not too. Sure. It's not that it's too much. It's that they didn't come up with a an intuitive user interface for it like i constantly forget what does what and how to do things and that i can do things yeah, yeah. it's like it's like an overcomplicated board game it's kind of intuitive though too like a lot of the stuff that you do in this it does kind of work the way you'd expect it to work in the rts part yes yeah in the in the bigger like the turn-based map no yeah like it's it's much more it's it's a much more obtuse way to do things i think the, the rts stuff is pretty intuitive most of the time as long as you kind of know 
um, kind of how Relic's user interface worked. That hasn't really changed in yeah. forever. The problem is they didn't find a way to transpose that user interface onto the turn-based map that made it make a lot of sense, if that if that makes sense. like It also feels like the storytelling in this is just so lackluster. Like, the, you're right. Like, those theaters are the probably the least interesting and least consequential, mm-hmm. but... They don't do a good job of dressing them up either. Like no, they, they try with like the Italian campaign. You're, you're answering to um, an American general and a um, and a British one, and like they both have different opinions about what to do next a lot of times. And so you you can you can either do basically on the on the big map, you can either do the thing that the American guy wants to do or the thing the British guy wants to do, and you'll gain favor with them. And the more favor you gain with one, the more upgrades you can get from their skill tree. And so you kind of got to pick whether you want to be the American upgrade tree or the British upgrade tree. And some things you do please both, please them both. So it is not a full decision, black and white. Yeah. Um, the other problem is that maybe this is just me. I think the American guy's right most of the time. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Like uh, you know, it's just you, Kyle. Maybe I mean the British guy. A lot of times the British guy will be like, "We have to secure this port so we can bring in more supplies." Because and the Americans like, if we don't take that town, the the Germans can just roll down that road and kill us all. We should do that. Then we can take the port. I'm like, yeah. I'm with him. That makes I, sense. I feel like we don't die. That is more important than than that. Maybe like, dying. Because we could because we could also die while because if you're trying to fight your battle on this port and they just roll in over the hill, right? Now you're I got two sides. Yeah, it's called a pincher maneuver, and you die. Yep. Um. So it, basically, it's like conservative tactics versus aggressive tactics yeah, yeah. and knowing enough in know, war and well not not even just war in that kind of, that theater right right it was go 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 yeah, yeah, you had, yeah. yeah that was the, the trick so so but I mean, you can play it either way whatever yeah whereas the the african campaign is much more straightforward just kind of a linear story um it's which is again and i i do like i think i like the african one better a little bit i i I feel like I should like the Italian one better because it has the strategic map and has more new elements to it. Mm-hmm. But I like the African one. Well, you're seeing the African stuff here. I like this better partly because um, it's just a little simpler to get in the action and just jump from mission to mission. And um, like the fucking the tanks. The tanks are fun. Yeah. Like the tanks have always been really fun. The vehicles in this in this series has always been really fun. And like yeah, we got a point. And like just it's very still satisfying even after three games. It's satisfying to see those shells bounce off the armor in the front of your tank oh, yeah. when, you're, when you're pointing right in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's still, like, like it still makes me go, ah, when, like, when like someone comes out from behind and hits you in the back and takes out, like, oh, you're like, oh, side hit, they hit the engine, the engine's on fire, I gotta yeah. get away. Like, you know, or when, when you get overwhelmed and you have to hit the retreat button and your soldiers are running back and, like, you know, and then they get up and start chasing, you can move, then you move the, the armor up and like and like you know nope we're gonna cover their retreat it's like there's a lot of satisfying things in this I I really do like this series but playing the Italian campaign all I could think was um I kind of wish they'd just done Normandy yeah like I like I I appreciate not wanting to repeat yourself and wanting to do a, a lesser covered part of the war like I get it. But when you're making a game but, every but, ten years, but also especially especially <laughs> having on. gone well, especially gone back to Company Heroes one and how like just visually and presentation wise, it just doesn't hold up really anymore. Yeah. It would have been nice to have a modern version of the Western European theater instead of sort of because that was also. I will also admit, like I would feel like I would be on more solid ground in the strategic map part of a Normandy equivalent. Because I would understand more what I was trying to do. I don't know yeah. the Italian ca- the Italian campaign. That's very what I was well. telling you. The storytelling in this isn't great. Like it doesn't really set the stage enough. Like mm-hmm. 
It's in the cutscenes. I mean, do I need, do I need more of a stage set than Go Kill Nazis? Not really. Yeah. But like, I mean, at the same time, motivation, I, but <laughs> I just don't feel. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a, there's a real explanation of what you're doing or why. Um, and you're just kind of thrown in the thick of sort of you know the British and, and American general arguing with each other. And I'm like, well, what are we doing? We're just trying to get to Rome. I mean, that's that's the goal. Yeah. Is you're trying to get to Rome. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't. A lot of times when they're giving you the different, uh, uh, you know, different objectives, I don't feel like I understand. I understand what I'm doing, like in terms of like the small scale. Like he wants to get this so he can secure. It. Basically, oh, you take this. Like the British guy says, you'll have more resources next next turnaround. Or if you take this, you'll have fewer enemies to deal with. Like yeah. that's that's the decision, right? Yeah. But I don't feel like I have a very good idea of like what the larger picture is. The other weird thing is like even though they're doing these the. You can't play as the Italian like it is resistance yeah. or anything. Like there is like even in multiplayer, there's no Italian side. You are playing. You can be the U.S., the U.K., uh, the Germans, and I think they're adding the the Soviets later. Um, just for multiplayer, I don't think there's a campaign for. Like, I don't see where they would be in the campaign. Um, but like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's not. You know, Coming Here's two like really pulled me in and like me was too. a big deal. You know, I played that Coming and one, but like two especially, I was like, oh wow, like two's improvement over one was very noticeable, oh, and yeah. like the experience was very not diff- just over one, but. It was the improvements that it made to the genre in yeah. general. Yeah, singularly, it's like it's like yeah, we can have lo- local damage. We can yeah. have the physics and the and the and the destructible terrain matter. We can we can know, have units that when you we zoom can in, have, they don't look like yeah, block. We men. can have small. <laughs> we can have you get attached to these little groups of guys that level yeah. up and carry from battle to battle over and like you know that's all still there, but mm-hmm. it's not as novel anymore. Yeah. And even as someone who's like very much about execution over innovation. I just there wasn't there's nothing else for me to grab onto and that's why I keep saying like I wish they'd done Normandy because I would inherently care about you know a, a western or eastern european theater version I don't think you're alone there more than what you know what, I mean they're not like they weren't important but and I'm sorry if anyone in Africa or or Italy is watching this and feels differently but like I don't care about the invasion of Italy. Yeah. Like, I know what happened. Most history I'm, very, very, I'm, I'm aware of what happened. I don't really want to play it. Yeah. I am more interested in the, you know. I think that was, I agree with you. I think it was a mistake to focus on these theaters. Um, yeah. Again. Or at the very least. you a game every two or three or years. Or you know what? Okay. Right. If, like, the other thing I would say is like, okay, you know what? Do the Pacific Theater. Yeah. And I know nobody wants to do that because of the racial aspect. Right. Because it's, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's a different thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a not as cut and dried. Uh, and it, it ends poorly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, yeah. You know, well, how do you end that campaign? Like, do you, you just I don't hit know. the button? Like, you, 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 you fly the Enola Gay in? I don't think you can do that. Yeah, like, I don't think you can either. Yeah. You know, it ends in arguably a war crime. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's a, it's a messier situation. You know, Call of Duty hasn't touched that except that one game either. Yeah. And that didn't sell too well. Yeah. So, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, I don't. Is there such a thing as like RTS fans anymore? Because this genre has just almost disappeared. There are, but it's like I think they just play older stuff. Yeah. You know? Like I mean, I, there's people that still play. Would you rather play this or Company of Heroes two? I would rather play two. Yeah. <laughs> and I would actually, you know, to be honest, I would rather play Company of Heroes one with this with, presentation. Right. Yeah. I would yeah. rather play that setting with this. Yeah. This game, you will get bang for the buck though. This is a sixty dollars game. Like you're, if you like RTSs, you're gonna get your money's worth out of this. Yeah, I mean, and generally it is a high quality product. It is a good game. It just doesn't hook me the way yeah. two did, and I can't quite tell you why. Um, outside of like that's just, this just isn't an area of World War Two that is as interesting to me as yeah. the two things they've already covered. 
And I'm I'm just saying, like, as someone who's normal, I understand why you don't want to repeat yourself, but maybe you should have this time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There you go. That's Company of Heroes 3, only available for PC. Supposed to be coming to PS5 and Xbox Series. We'll see if that ever happens. I it will. I, don't, I mean, the one thing I will say about this in terms of converting it to a console is, like I said, you don't really need to babysit your units very much. Yeah, like that they helps. Can, they very much can. It, I think I was on my fourth or fifth mission in the Italian campaign before I even lost a unit. Yeah. Like, you you hitting retreat if you get in trouble, um, the, the pause and the tactical pause, like, really matter. Like, it's very, unless you're just really not paying attention, it's very hard to run into a catastrophic failure. You can always fall back and try again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's not that... Even I mean I've been overrun by tanks before in this game and pulled everyone back, hit some guys in buildings and was able to move come back after I repaired one of my vehicles and come around the back and, and win the battle. Yeah, I, I blew three of them up before they could even turn around. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the, the AI is not brilliant, but at the same time, it's hard to tell the difference between a dumb AI and like. Street fighting is hard. Like yeah. you can't you can't turn a tank around instantly, and you can't. I think it. Russia is learning that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> which it. you think they know <laughs> from think, this? You think? Yep. yep. What did Stalingrad teach us, I boys know. and girls? Nothing apparently. No. All right, there you go. This company, Heroes Three, which means it's now time for. That's right, folks. It's time for Name That Game, a fun little game we play here on Game Face where I show you five screenshots from a video game and you try to guess the name of the game before this guy. A couple rules before we get going. The chat is put into slow mode, so do not spam the chat with game titles. You can only guess once every 60 seconds. Make sure that you make your guesses count. Also, if you've already won this year, do not play. Do not guess. Just sit back and chill. Also... If you do not play PC games and you have no use for a PC game code, please also do not play. Or, look, you can play if you know that you want to give that code to somebody who does play PC games. Totally fine. It's your code to do what you want with, but don't take the code if you're just going to not use it, I guess is the best way to put Mm -hmm. it. So if that's the case, just sit back and let everybody else have fun. Let everybody else play. Again, five images. And you're, they get easier as they go. They become more obvious as they go. So I try to keep you guys from guessing it on the first image. But the last two weeks, not only did you guys guess it on the first image, somebody guessed it in like five seconds. It's been a, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, no, it was. You guys have been was. amazing the last couple of weeks. And it, you guys do. I'd marvel at your ability to kick name that game's ass. Um, but anyway, I tried to make it a little harder this week after the last couple of weeks. We'll see if I succeeded or not. You just never know until we play. And so with that, we're ready to show you guys the first image for Name That Game for episode 333. And here it is. Not Body Harvest. (laughs) No, it's definitely not Body Harvest. Hmm. I don't recognize If anybody that. guesses this game from this one, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. That's all I got to say. 50 Cent, no. Near, no. Metal Gear Solid Twin, Twin Snakes, that's a good guess, but no. GTA 5, no. Oh my God. What? Somebody just got it. Oh, I'm, was it Beyond? Arbiter Zack. Beyond, Beyond Two, two souls. souls. Wow. How? <laughs> How, Matt? I don't know. I you guys do can not all know. stop guessing. Somebody got it already. It's over. Oh, my gosh wow how did emperor dress that he knew it too good call how 
How? <laughs> How? That is insane. That literally could have been ice. That's a that looks like a tire track. Yeah. Yeah, I would not have known that. <laughs> you guys are nuts, man. You guys are nuts. That is nuts that you got that. Insane. Wow, here's your round of applause. It's <laughs> incredible. Hello, Pintor. You people need to step outside and breathe clean air. Arbiter Zach. Just mind-blowing that you got... And it was like in a second. Yeah. He didn't even think about it. Just instantly he saw that and knew. I even chose a scene from this game, Matt, that is like the most like inconsequential scene from the game. Hmm. It's... It's just nuts. I mean, that's just somebody who, I, to me, that would be somebody who just knows what that graphical quality of that, you know, there's, there, you can tell certain engines. I mean, I haven't played. This is an old ass game, Matt. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If, you, if you've been immersed in like all the Quantic Dream games, I'm sure you can tell when you see that engine. I can't because I don't play those games because I hate them. But like, there are, there, that's David Cage Ice. <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke or not, honestly, because there are games where that's true. Heavy Rain in Detroit got guessed fast, too. But there's people oh that play these games God. a lot. God. Cody S. Carter guessed Detroit. And Barry Gooster guessed Heavy Rain. Yeah, I mean, rain you, heavy you can rain. see it triggered something in people's brains if you're familiar with it. I mean, I, I didn't. I haven't played these games enough for that to happen. But there are, like, if you showed me, like, some weird Yakuza thing, I'd probably know it was from one of those games. This is bizarre. Like, it is a, like, a social experiment almost. It It's just crazy that you guys can get this. Like, here's the yeah, there, Arbiter, is that, that Quantic Dream Snow. Like, see, There's no snow, though, there. Yeah, but but they have, there's a certain look to these, to, to the same company's games a lot of times. Here's the second image. Maybe this should have been the first image. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have known that. Here's the third one. That one I thought might have given it away because that's a very iconic scene from the game. Uh, yeah, I might have gotten that one. But that's the idea. You're supposed to start getting it yeah. on the third image. Here's the fourth one. I mean, that's for people who have played the game, that should be like a dead giveaway. No pun intended. But <laughs> that should be a dead giveaway. And then finally, I'm like, all right, here's just the people from the game. <laughs> here's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> That is just amazing. Again, another round of applause. I just, it, you guys just blow me away. It is just incredible. Like, I don't know how. I would not get that. And I've played Beyond Two Souls. I have played Heavy Rain. I have played Detroit. No way in hell. Yeah, but how many times have you played them? I mean, are these people playing these games like a hundred times? Maybe. Like, that's just, it's just crazy. You guys are amazing. You really are. That's the only way I can put it. You're just, you blow my Some mind almost do. every week with Name That Game. It's just incredible. That's all I can say. Um, JM Rain, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. You guys, so you guys are asking questions. We're out of time already. We'll pick one. We'll answer one question. Um, let's, at, let's take a question from someone who doesn't get questions answered very often. Um, Congrim. Oh, before we get going, though. You want a game. Uh, you can send me a DM right here on Twitch if you want to. Or you can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send Sifted a DM on Twitter at Sifted Games. Or if you're on Sifted at Sifted.net, just send me a DM at Shane and we'll get your free game out to you. Uh, we'll answer one question. Congrim1. 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, you can have Twitch streams archived for subscribers only. Don't want to say it is a good option. Oh, this isn't a question. Don't want to say it's a good option as I don't know the process, but it could be an option for the singular episode. It's too late. You have to do that before you start the recording, one. Mm. Number two, the file's there. Someone just grab it and do whatever they want with it. I realize most people aren't going to do that, but I like to protect the people who are paying for our content. So um, I hear you. So we will answer a real question, if there is one. Um, Swanlin, Star Wars news broke today. Kevin Feige and Patty Jenkins Star Wars films are officially shelved. Tyke, also not a question. Oh, you don't have any questions. Okay. Everyone's just telling us stuff. <laughs> uh, Schneeky says, I played Detroit over 20 times for every single ending. See? <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Man, it would drive me crazy. Um, there aren't any questions. Do you guys have any questions? That's good because we're already out of time. So it actually works out good that you guys don't have any questions for today's episode. Uh, let's see. If you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services out there, and it's on all of them, head to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. It makes a world of difference for us. Um, Twitch Prime is nice, but pledging to our Patreon allows us to actually plan stuff because we know we're getting that money. Our Twitch Prime money is all over the map, and lately it's been way down. Um, but it's hard to really depend on that money to do anything with it, so... If you really want to help us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge whatever you want there. Um, you can pledge a dollar a month. You can pledge $10 a month, $100 a month, whatever you want. Whatever you can afford, we appreciate every single dollar. And as I said, if you can't afford to contribute at all, I totally get that. Um, I have been poor many times in my life, and so I totally understand that. You can still help us with Twitch Prime. Um, and that basically you give us a free $2.50 a month just by subscribing to our channel on Twitch uh, with a free subscription that you get for being a member of Amazon Prime. It costs you nothing. If you're watching this show on YouTube, the instructions for doing that are down below in the description. Before we get going, we want to thank once again our awesome sponsor, LS Cream. Go to creamls.com. We all love this stuff. It's really awesome to see in the chat that you guys are all buying the liquor because that's what keeps our sponsors coming back whenever they get results from their sponsorships with us. So thank you very much for going out and buying LS Cream. Again, go to creamls.com. It is made by a sifter, by a gamer. It is better than Bailey's and it mixes so well with so many different things. Go and get a bottle or 10. I've never met somebody who tasted it who didn't love it. And that's just being completely honest with you. Uh, it's really, really good stuff. Um, Matt, anything you want to share before we head off into the sunset? Mm, I don't think so. Keep an eye out for Last of Us finale. Oh, that's right. This Sunday and the Oscars. So actually, I have a question for you. I'll ask you right here on mm. air. Um, would you be interested in doing a spoiled for The Last of Us season one next week? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. So if you're betting on Oscar pools, best picture is going to be everything everywhere all at once. You think so? 100%? 90% there's an outside chance it could be the Fablemans but it's it's one of the producers guild and the directors guild and the SAG uh, it's it's probably going to be it's a favorite for best picture no doubt so I would say uh, director and picture probably everything everywhere at once outside chance of Spielberg and Fablemans on one or the other but like probably everything everywhere um, Michelle Yeoh will win actress almost certainly Brendan Fraser will win actor for the whale um Finally winning something. Uh, yeah, Ki uh, Hui Kwan. What a comeback his career has had, by the way. Oh, yeah. Ki Hui awesome. Kwan will win uh, supporting actor, no question. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis may win supporting actress. For Halloween Ends. 
No, for everything everywhere. Um, I still haven't seen that. But there's possibility that that will they will split the vote with her and uh, Stephanie Chu, who was also in in that. And maybe I'm I'm leaning now towards Angela Bassett winning for Wakanda Forever. Okay. Um, that's that's your main that's your main main bets. As always, the the nitty gritty for the Oscar pool comes down to who picks the right uh, shorts, animated shorts, and documentaries because <laughs> no one knows what no the one hell will ever get those right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are your those are your main Oscar contenders this year. Win your Oscar pool, courtesy of Matt Kyle. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, one thing I've noticed is like, I mean, obviously it's different here because I go to I go to like Oscar parties with like filmmakers. Yeah. And like nobody can you can't win there because it's all down to who picks the right. Right. You know, there's it comes down like those four documentary and animated short cat and short film and the all X that. factors. Yeah. Because so you got to whoever figures those out. Right. Ends it's, up winning. It's, it, even watching them doesn't necessarily help because yeah, you don't yeah. always know what, what anyone's going to vote for. The key is always that, and I was surprised to learn this like going to Oscar parties growing up because I'd gone I watched the Oscars since I was like three with my dad. Um, you're not voting for the thing you want to win. You're voting for what you think right. the right. Academy is yeah. going to pick. Yeah. It's I, just like video game fantasy leagues. It's yeah, the it's same like a, deal. You're not picking, like, what's the best game? It's what, it's what do you think the yeah. critics are think Fa- is going to be the best game? Famously, when I went to uh, an Oscar party for one of my English professors, my favorite professor in all of college, and he had an Oscar party in 98, uh, spring of 98, and that was the year Titanic was up for best pick, and Goodwill Hunting. And... Uh, as the war the night wore on he i was 100 percent certain titanic was going to win best picture he was like no nah, it's gonna be goodwill hunting he thought it was gonna be goodwill hunting for sure i'm like no i mean i agree goodwill i could have told you that i like goodwill titanic hunting better was titanic win. made two billion dollars <laughs> yeah. they are going to reward her for that oh, yeah. and he's like he's like i'll bet you oh, I'm like, I'll bet you what. so he bet me the final paper in the class so oh, wow. if titanic won I didn't have to write a final paper in our Shakespeare class. That, that's, that's great. My, senior year, I was like, oh, I was like, that was the last assignment we had left. I'm like, oh, so I don't have to do any I more work in your class. Yeah. Yes. And so he's like, so the deal was, I had to write, I had no final paper if, if Titanic won, if Goodwill Hunting won, I had to write two. Oh. So I'm like, no, I'm taking it. Then yeah. so he turned. Most of the class was there. He turns around. He's like, it's like anyone else in that Shakespeare class wants to get in on Matt's bet. You you can. And so like the, the class is like nine people. They all took it. They, they all, <laughs> and Titanic wins, and we're like, yeah, no final. And, and we, Titanic wins, no final paper. We're all freaking out and say, and he and he turns and goes, I don't know what y'all selling a brain. I'm the one that doesn't have to read your stupid papers. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's that's the best thing I ever won in an Oscar pool. Uh, before we go, Jam Rain. Thank you for Twitch Prime, and thank you for gifting the Tier 1 subs to people in chat. I don't want to miss that before we go. And thanks to all you guys who support us, even if you just watch on YouTube and you watch our show with Adblocker turned off so that we actually get to serve ads and we get a couple pennies here and there. It all adds up. We appreciate every single one of you, however you can support us. It's awesome. So thanks, you guys. We'll be back here next Tuesday, same time, same place. We'll see you then. Game Face is up and out.